Oh boy, we got a Friday show for you today. We're not going out with a whimper, but a bang. We got amazing coverage today on things that we would all be banned for. Well, heck, we've been banned already, so what's what's one more? Uh, Dr. Richard Fleming joins us. Yeah, we'll talk about the gain-of-function stuff as a bioweapon. We'll talk about what to do about it. And then our good pal, our old buddy, haven't heard from him in a while, Dr. Rashid Batar is back. Dr. Batar is back, and we're going to talk about accessing the Advanced Medicine Conference speakers, all the talks, with a special deal today. You want to pay attention to that. And, uh, boy, this is going to be great. Thank you all for being here. I'll see you tomorrow in Pittsburgh as well on the way out the door after the show. But for right now, let's get this healing party started. The Robert Scott Bell Show is on. The Robert Scott Bell Bell Show. All right. We got our Friday, 21st of October special edition of the Robert Scott Bell Show. We've got uh, a, an amazing lineup. First guy coming up in a few minutes. I, I call him an overachiever. He might say, no, no, this is what I do. Come on, PhD, MD, JD, right? Come on, give us all a break here. But no, he's a great guy, Dr. Richard Fleming. Looking forward to having him on. And then Dr. Rashid Batar, if his redneck internet cooperates, send a prayer for that. <laughs> but first, as we uh, crank up the broadcast, it's... Uh, just about time to head out to Pittsburgh for our friends at the Health Hut that are hosting me and a number of others, including my friend, Dr. James Lyons-Weiler. Dr. Jack's going to be there. Uh, we're going to be doing some presenting for a Health and Freedom Expo out there uh, for the Health Hut stores, Beaver uh, Falls, Pennsylvania, outside of Pittsburgh. So looking forward to seeing everybody there. All the VIP tickets have sold out. There are a few tickets remaining. I hope to see you there. It's going to be an empowering event. Uh, you know, We don't shirk our responsibility to speak out and tell it like it is. And what have I been saying about what it is going on at ACIP and CDC? The entirety of the emergency use authorization era of declared emergency over uh, a scamdemic has been about the, well, the enrichment of the pharmaceutical church, the dangerous death cult known as the Church of Pharmaceutical Mysticism. And their mRNA injection technologies that they're wrongly calling vaccines are devastating and more deadly than the initial gain of function unleashed on the planet. In fact, that was always the thing. Scare people enough that we can rush into the, the artificial monopoly medical marketplace, a shot that will carry no liability under emergency, and then eventually get it on the CDC's recommended childhood vaccine schedule so that it will carry over for when the emergency ends, at least this one, that it'll still maintain liability protection, that there will be no harm coming to the makers of community spikebacks or whatever else they throw down the line because it falls under the National Vaccine Injury Compensation Program. What you have is something I've been telling you for years and years and years, except it's become more overt a hot war, an overt direct declaration of war on you and your children, a dangerous and deadly injection that alters DNA protein synthesis that doesn't stop. There's no end point that ends up anywhere and everywhere in the body that is facilitating at call it an adverse event. I mean, my gosh, the whole shot is an adverse event. 
injected into young people, resulting in damage to their heart. Even the myocarditis is not a normal myocarditis, if you could say myocarditis is normal. It's damage to the heart that doesn't recover, heal, if at all, unless you know what to do. And even then, it's a challenge. Your shadow government, your puppet government, your deep state that has taken over your government that you think you still have, a government of the people, by the people, and for the people, no longer exists. Based on the existence of the Centers for Disease Creation and Promotion, the CDC and P, the ACIP committee, a rubber stamp approval thing, basically these are sycophants within a death cult. And they are coming for your kids. They've been coming for your kids for years. Now, what happens is that the medical indoctrination is so intense and severe, certainly in terms of the medical profession itself and the people in it, the MDs, the PhDs, the nurses, all of those licensed especially have fallen prey to a program that has them devoid of critical thinking skills because if they were thinking critically through medical school, they would never have become a medical doctor. Or they would just have to put their head down and pretend to agree with everything they're told until they wake up and then find out that their licenses are at risk the moment they ask questions about any vaccine, least of all the thing that isn't a vaccine called an mRNA injection. And so they've approved Basically, the FDA uh, so-called approval of a, of, a, of a jab that is still under clinical investigation for the next three or four years at least. How is that possible? Because they don't care about you. They don't care about there's rule of law. There's no, that doesn't exist in the oligarchy. Which brings up the other aspect of voting. As much as I'd like to see a flip from the Dem control to the Republican control, do the Republicans who are running and that may get elected and may take over Congress, do they understand the administrative state that they're going to have to deal with? The thing that supersedes any vote and any winning candidate going into making uh, an actual change. Now, who knows about that? Jonathan Emor does. He set up an exploratory committee to run for the United States Senate out of Virginia to defeat Tim Kaine in two years. If he raises the money, I would, again, he has my full endorsement support because he knows what's up. He knows what's going on. He's been battling it in the courts and realized the courts, even if they put an edict out, a mandate or a prohibition to the oligarchy, in this case, the FDA, for instance, the FDA goes, ah, oh, that's very nice. And then continues doing what it was doing before. Doesn't matter what the courts say. We've got an out of control, not even government, basically. A criminal enterprise. Completely sold what? To the highest bidder. That highest bidder is largely the pharmaceutical industrial complex, which even owns the medical, well, and let's say the military industrial complex. As evidenced by the armed forces, the various armed forces going, hey, all in, mandating experimental injections, Army, Air Force, Navy, Marines, Air, you know, uh, uh, Coast Guard. People have sold their soul to Satan. Demonic is an understatement. Allopathic medicine is the medicine of the devil. I've said that many times. You're like, what are you talking about, Robert? Look, what is it doing? It's the third leading cause of death. No, I argue at this point, it's obviously the first leading cause of death because it causes the second and first leading cause of death. Iatrogenic intervention. 
Yeah, that's what we're doing today, Super Don. Yes, it is intense. But, but after the approval, so-called approval from ASIP to CDC to put it on the schedule, how else am I going to open this thing but acknowledge that they are coming to terminate your kids? If they can't outright kill them, they make them infertile. So you can't have more kids. The population reduction agenda, not enough of you are having abortions, apparently. So they want to abort your kids that are already here. How are they going to do it? mRNA injections. Joining us now on the Robert Scott Bell Show to tell me how off my rocker I am, or maybe not. Dr. Richard Fleming is here. Welcome, How are you today? Well, you can see I'm a little hot under the collar. <laughs> but at this point, I, I, I can't hold back. Not that I try to hold back, but there are times where I temper my uh, opening monologues about things. And I'm thinking, I've just witnessed something that is so in your face, so overt, not even hiding a little bit, that why can't I just call it out like it is? Well, you know, you bring an interesting point to the to the um, topic. Um, and one of the things I tell people about being a PhD, MD, JD is that PhDs solve problems, MDs treat problems, and JDs cause problems. <laughs> So the the medical community, you know, to be a really good medical doctor is not does not require a skill set of being able to solve a problem. It requires the ability to memorize vast amounts of information, put a picture together from what the patient tells you and what the tests show you, and then to make treatment recommendations. So in no way does that suggest that that puts you in a good position for solving a problem. I was a medical student when HIV hit the scenes. Mm -hmm. And I can tell you that one of the one of the distinctions that I mark between today and that era, if you will, um, is that we saw people come in with a disease that we did not fully understand. But we treated them based upon their symptoms. If there was a breathing problem, we treated that. If there was an infection with a certain type of organism, we treated that. Um, you know, and a good friend of mine, Luc Montagnier, uh, and I both have commented on, and I think other people have too, um, including Carrie Mullis, which is that the presence of HIV, the virus, did not mean you would necessarily have the disease AIDS but it was certainly one of the potential predisposing factors to it. Mm -hmm. um, in 1994, as faculty member for American Heart, I presented a theory which I explained that heart disease and subsequently diabetes and high blood pressure and stroke and cancer are all diseases which are the result of inflammation and blood clotting or an inflammatory thrombotic response. Now, in 94, that was heresy. I've heard a lot <laughs> of people talk about that theory as if they understand it, but clearly they didn't because they didn't apply it in this situation. And I introduced in that theory in 94 that viruses and bacteria are two of the precipitating roles, but also present in that are fats, um, which is what the lipid nanoparticles are in the vaccines. They are fats, mm -hmm. and we know that the lipid nanoparticles themselves produce inflammation and blood clotting. So <clears throat> where it's very clear from the data that I've put together and my colleagues have put together that SARS-CoV-2 is not a single virus, but at least three viruses that were all put together with gain-of-function research, mm -hmm. which 
violates the Biological Weapons Convention Treaty and thus is a crime and a violation of the United States Constitution, that the vaccines themselves, which sometimes can be more of a problem conversation-wise, because the crux is this gain-of-function research. If the viruses are, in fact, biological weapons, then encoding that biological weapon and injecting it into people is doing nothing more than injecting the critical genetic of the biological weapon, which is why yeah. I wrote the book back in was either 2020 or 2021, where I began looking at this and said, is COVID-19 a bioweapon, a scientific mm -hmm. and forensic investigation? So you can decide. But over the course of the last 34 months now, it is very clear that these are biological weapons that were paid for by a number of countries, including the United States. Um, they were paid for more than half of which was paid for by uh, both NIAID and the Department of Defense. Mm -hmm. And they got out in Wuhan, China, and they have had a consequence. But the biggest harm, the reason for a million deaths is because that inflammation and blood clotting was never treated. The medical community, uh, particularly the younger people in the medical community, are trained differently than, than my era was, where, you know, we put in long, long hours that were meant to exhaust us and push us to the limit so that when we would see something, when we were at our limit, we wouldn't make the same mistakes that we did in our training, in our learning curve. Um, and we saw a system that has been watered down um, softened, if you will, uh, with people that were not ready for this type of disaster to happen and mm -hmm. responded not only by not treating the inflammation and blood clotting, but by using ventilators incorrectly. And it's not that ventilators may or may not have been helpful, but they were set incorrectly. And this is data that everybody should have already wrapped their brains around because it was published in the early 2000s mm -hmm. and they gave twice as much volume of, of air on the ventilator with each respiration as they should have. And the, the published reports had already shown that that would kill people. And yeah, so, how, how do they not figure this out? Dr. Fleming, honestly, it just annoys me to no end that um, I'm, I, I'm embarrassed for people with medical degrees that they can't figure this out in the literature, much less the idea that, Hey, I wonder why uh, the blood is not able to carry oxygen like it was. Maybe we just turn a garden. Oh, how about a fire hose worth of this stuff in there and blow up cells due to the pressure alone? Well, and, and I think, I, I think you may have seen on my website on FlemingMethod.com, I've posted research that we did where we took the vaccines and added them directly to human blood. And when you do that, we've tried to get that published. And um, this is the hardest uh, I've had to try to get something published in my life. I mean, I've got something like over 500 published papers and I can't get this published. And the response is always, well, if we publish this, it will call into question the vaccines. And my response is, uh, that's Damn the straight. idea. That's yes. the idea. If you have something that desaturates the blood, takes its oxygen-carrying capacity away and causes blood clotting, mm -hmm. you might want to think about whether that's a good idea. You might want to, on the vaccines, you might want to do what I've tried to tell people for more than two years now. If you go to the emergency use authorization documents and you ask the fundamental questions from the data that's in those documents, 
do those vaccines statistically reduce the instance of people becoming sick enough to develop the disease COVID or die? The answer from the EUA documents is they do not. So why we have uh, promoted the use of something that has been shown not to reduce the risk of the disease and death, and yet we know has caused tens of thousands of deaths and hundreds of thousands of injuries. Yes. Um, I've watched these, e, uh, the, these documents by, uh, and presentations by the FDA, and these are hours of my life I'm never going to get back because I watched waiting for scientists to, and physicians to see if they would ask the fundamental questions, which is statistically, does that make a difference? And, and the answer is it does not. And the VARES data is compelling. I don't think we need to ask whether the VARES underreports. You know, is it 1% or 10%? It's already been established. Yeah, if I have to add one or two zeros behind the number to impress you, then uh, we should just stop talking because if 30-some thousand deaths and hundreds of thousands of injuries is not enough, Mm -hmm. then my fundamental question is what happened to American society between the 1970s when the swine flu vaccine was pulled for 52 deaths and 2022 were 31 plus thousand deaths is not enough to cause pause. Mm -hmm. And why you would want to put that into the vaccine schedule of children, Mm -hmm. the only answer I can come up to, and I credit Bobby Kennedy for for, um, making me aware of this because as a JD, I was not aware of this, but but Bobby Kennedy did an excellent uh, podcast. He's got a video out there now that I encourage people to go watch because it's it's still free and available. I think for the next week. But Bobby Kennedy pointed out correctly that once a vaccine is put on the children's vaccine schedule, it removes all legal liability from the vaccines. Um, we need. I'm not anti-vaccine. I'm anti-stupid. Okay. Yeah. Well, you and you and Doctor you and Doctor Batar have said that, Doctor Fleming. I'm, I'm, I'm with you there. Yeah. I mean, I'm, the con- I'm the concept, anti. The concept and idea of vaccination, I get. All right. I'm a homeopath. Yeah. I do it differently, but I understand the concept. But to apply it in this way, mRNA technology is clearly not the antigen antibody kind of in- intent. It is completely bizarre and twisted. And I'm, you know, left with the doctors that still don't see this. Are they incompetent or are they nefarious in their intent? Well, no, I think so. For a lot of the medical doctors, again, that's why I said MDs aren't the, the, the training as set and the tool set needed to be an MD is someone who can memorize large amounts of material and regurgitate it in an emergency, not problem thinkers. They don't, that's what a PhD does. That's, I mean, you get your PhD by doing your thesis in something which shows that you can take something that's never been solved Mm -hmm. and solve it. That's the function. I mean, that's why you get your thesis and why you get your doctorate. Um, That's not the MD role. The MD role is to provide that protection. Why, however, they didn't do a better job of understanding my inflammation theory, which they all talk about like they got it down, or the ventilators is beyond me. But what I will say is that we've entered a new era because on the on the 8th of September, 
when I, uh, let's back up. In 2020, I did a research project, a national clinical trial with 1,800 people that we actually used a patent that I have that can measure what's going on inside the body with a variety of treatments and showed what treatments worked what treatments didn't work, and what combination they worked, and what combination they were harmful. I published that paper. It didn't get a lot of attention. It didn't get the top peer journal. But on the 8th of September at the American Society Nuclear Cardiology Conference, this is the first major medical conference, now that we're all meeting again, that presented this type of data. And the physicians who went by and looked at this information did not say, well, wait a minute, Fleming, these drugs don't work. Their response was, oh my, um, uh, they work. Wow, okay. So it's getting out to the medical community. And there's another paper that's going to be published in a major journal soon looking at human papillomavirus. And that paper is going to raise awareness uh, not only the concerns for that virus causing heart disease, but the fact that we published data showing treatments for this virus and reminding everybody of the original theory that I introduced at American Heart in 94, then published in a textbook in 99, that it's inflammation and blood clotting, not just cytokines. It's a whole bunch of things beyond that. Cytokines are only part of the, of the puzzle, not the entire puzzle. So we know that the paradigm is shifting. We know the medical community is responding to the real data. This is helpful for that. But the real problem here is that the people in power, Fauci and the other people with decades of funding, went out there and developed biological weapons that got out, that caused harm, and they didn't own up to it and fess up to it and, and let us know the danger and allowed a million Americans to die and 7 million people around the world to die and hundreds of thousands of people to be injured. And they haven't stopped because in the past month, everybody has become aware of the $650,000 grant, additional NIAID funding going to EcoHealth, and the fact that Boston and Florida uh, – University colleagues took the Omicron spike, one of the Omicron spikes, there's six Omicron variants, to the, the backbone of the Wuhan HU1, the original version that came out, and made a much more infective, quote, gain of function virus. So they're right in the face of people, they are continuing to do this gain of function, pretending it doesn't exist, knowing it's a crime. And the only way to stop it is to hold these people criminally accountable, which means a real grand jury, not the general, let's go on social media and talk about having a grand jury of peers because there is no such thing. A grand jury is a specific group of people in every state and every jurisdiction were prosecuting attorneys, not regular attorneys like myself, prosecuting attorneys, you know, the ones that work for the government on behalf of the people. Um, these guys have to, and gals, have to take it to real grand juries, and we've done all the legwork. We've put together the evidence that shows the funding, the two patents that matter that show that the, the U.S. government owns the patent for the pure and cleavage site, and that uh, the spike proteins have been modified. I mean, Fauci saying that uh, NIAID doesn't fund 
research of gain of function on coronaviruses, um, that one patent shows that he committed perjury. Um, and all the published papers that show the paper trail, and then if you go to FlemingMethod.com, you too, with a little bit of training, can walk through the gain of function sequences and see how these three viruses actually match what's called SARS-CoV-2. And these three viruses were built and designed for money from the U.S. government uh, with Ralph Barrick. Uh, at the University of North Carolina. She's Lee at the Wuhan Institute of Virology through Peter Dazak at EcoHealth and a number of other universities around the country. This gain-of-function research is for the production of biological weapons is illegal. It's criminal. It violates the Biological Weapons Convention Treaty. And because of that, it violates Article 6 of the United States Constitution. These are federal crimes. Now, we know the federal attorney general is not going to prosecute Fauci and Collins and, and Gates and these people. However, and they can't because they're going to have to be the defense attorney when these people get taken to criminal court. However, the Ninth and Tenth Amendments to the U.S. Constitution give that power to the state attorney generals and the, yeah. and the state district attorneys. So 10letters.org mm -hmm. is a way for people to do what they have been asking. What can we do? What you can do is you can go on to 10, the number 10letters, L-E-T-T-E-R-S.org. You go on there, you can put in your name, your address, your state. It will generate a cover letter to your attorney general and your governor. And it will also include a five-page document that you can download as well to mail in that states all the crimes that have been committed, both federally and at the state level. And at the state level, where everybody has been affected, these mean murder, attempted murder, manslaughter, reckless manslaughter, false imprisonment, assault, coercion, and, and perjury. I mean, these aren't, none of these are little crimes. And it, they're showing, these people are showing, they will continue to do this until they are held legally accountable. And for people that think this is uh, David and Goliath, that it can't be one, well, that is what every destructive group like Hitler and, and, and all the people in history that have done bad things have depended upon, that the people won't act. But our founding fathers put together documents in a system that allows this country to act. And all the people need to do is go to 10letters.org, fill out the material, print it, mail it in, and send it off to everybody they know. It's called 10 letters because we want you to send it to 10 more people and have them send it in and have them send it to 10 more people. Send it to everybody you know. Inundate these attorney generals. For the attorney generals who do want to act, it will show them the American people are behind them. And for the cowards that are too unwilling to act, we will embarrass the blazes out of them. And just like Nuremberg, although this is not Nuremberg too, just like Nuremberg, because these are crimes against America and then crimes against humanity. But I want people to wrap their brains around that. These are crimes against the United States of America first and foremost by these people. They took our money, our institutions, our knowledge, and they manipulated it and built weapons that harmed us and the rest of the world. These are crimes against America and then crimes against humanity. And these people need to be held legally accountable. At a minimum, they need to be in prison. And at the most, well, hmm. use your imagination. Dr. Richard Fleming is our guest this hour, FlemingMethod.com. Also, uh, the 10 letters 
uh, org website is also linked up in the show notes at robertscottbell.com. Uh, is there any uh, benefit to filing uh, these papers, uh, even in miscellaneous documents, to put them on the record so they can't be denied, you know, let's say in any court action? Um, we have, so in these documents, we have not only the materials, we have an affidavit com- uh, which lists all the crimes they've done. We have the book, which lays out all the money trail. And I have a deposition that I've given under oath to an attorney that has argued before the Supreme Court of the United States and won by a real court reporter identified on this on this uh, this deposition, a real court reporter in the state of Texas, with my permission to use in any court of law or any proceeding in the country. And we are bringing over Dr. Kevin McCarran, who is one of the world premier neurobiologists and animal prion specialists. He's coming to the United States. Um, we have Charles Rixey, who a year and a half ago told me I was a conspiracy theorist and now says he has the, the military documents to prove, and he's a WMD uh, instructor, for had been for the military. We have uh, Johanna Deinert, who is a physician who's dealt with this in Germany. We have Andrew Huff who was uh, worked at EcoHealth and helped to write these grants. So he has firsthand knowledge of the actual monies exchange and what the purpose was. All of this material is available. It's out there. It's been put on the internet. I've put it on my site. I've put it on Rumble. I have put it in backup documents to so many people. Should something happen to me that that material is still available. Um, we're going after these people. I'm not, this is not about me. This is not about any of us. This is about the country, and this is about holding the criminals that have done this accountable. Yeah, and it's about holding these cowards to account. And I mean also those people that you're appealing to in terms of attorneys general, et cetera, that are unwilling because they're afraid for their very lives, much less their jobs. I mean, this is the stuff people lose their lives over because it brings the cabal down. The criminal cabal, the elements, all of that. But again, in the in the lead up to the Nazi Germany uh, Germany uh, experiment in the 20th century into the Holocaust and all the millions that died there, it was about people that would would not speak up when there was a, a, a capacity to do so and perhaps to curtail the worst of where it went. And we're seeing right now that trend is unfortunately within government very obvious. The question is, will the people do as you have described today? Take the information that you're making available that we have linked up and follow through on it to let those cowards know that they've got backup and perhaps they can grow a pair and do the right thing as opposed to continue this devastating death machine by their silent complicity. Remember the first people that Hitler put in concentration camps were not the Jews. It was the PhDs and the MDs that opposed him. He right. took the people out and he silenced them. Sound familiar? Mm-hmm. Then he put the people in there that he didn't like. Sound familiar? And those trials that were held afterwards that they all thought they were so invincible, they weren't just the Nazi elite. They weren't just the government officials. There were doctors' trials. There were judges' trials. There, there you know, AGs, if you don't stand up and do your job, you took an oath in violation of that oath to uphold and defend the Constitution of the United States and the Constitution of your states, violation of that is a crime. Expect to be held accountable. Either stand up 
and turn over to the, the to the grand juries and say, look, I did what you asked me to do. I turned it over to the grand juries. You know, the grand jury said, yeah, there's evidence here for for these these crimes. You've got a perfect doubt. If you're if you're afraid, blame it on the grand jury. Grand juries, if you're out there listening to this, have the decency to respond to the fact that we have all been played. And this happened on my watch. So let, let me be perfectly clear. I'm a scientist, physician, slash attorney. Sorry, got it's there. But, mm-hmm. you know, this was on my watch that this happened. So I feel responsibility for this. And I have to make a decision every day I get up to look at the mirror and the man that's there. To, to think about my parents, my ancestors, the people that I owe a responsibility to, including my children and my potential future grandchildren. Mm-hmm. And my obligation is to say, this got by me on my watch. It got by all of us. And now it's time to say, but we figured it out and we will not go quietly into that good night. We will hold these people accountable. We will take back medicine and science and this country that has been hijacked by these people. And and the difference is, is that these hijackers don't care if we all arrive at the destiny together. All they care about is whether they arrive at the destiny together. And for all the questions about vaccines and masking and the medications and all that, the reality is most people who responded, responded because they thought this was the right thing to do. They were trying to protect people they loved or trying to do the right thing as citizens. Well, guess what? As citizens, the right thing now is to hold these criminals accountable. And once the indictments begin, this will change the conversation going on in the United States and around the world because mm-hmm. people will be able to look at mm-hmm. that and go, wait a minute, wait a minute. Dr. There's Fleming also that they committed yeah. crimes. Now it changes the conversations we can all have with each other, with our friends that have that that need to be done. Right. Moving forward. Also, we've got to establish these so-called medical institutions, uh, whether they be in the scientific research intelligentsia. We know the Ph.D. community doesn't get grants approved unless they explore things within a box, particularly. And those people who dared to question things outside the box, like Professor Peter Duisberg out of UC Berkeley, he was ostracized. He was Duisberg before there was somebody that was Wakefielded, right? The idea that they can take these people out of that uh, ability to be good scientists as well. I mean, I had the same thing happen to me. That's that's my federal court case that, that happened where I called Big Pharma uh, on the fact that they were over-radiating people and, and exposing the people to radiation and, and undermining the, the validity of the test. So they did to me what they did to Wakefield, which they did to Duisburg. I mean, this is what you get for uh, opposing the system. History repeats. Semmelweis. Yeah. Go back exactly. to Semmelweis. Copernicus. Exactly. Galileo. Yeah. This is the. This is really the tr- the limiting, if they can, of a consciousness shift and awareness, a connection to. I would argue the divine, our true home and our true source of all wisdom and healing. That is our divinity, and and part of this is establishing that these institutions of higher indoctrination especially right now, the dominant allopathic viewpoint of the world since at least the Flexner report of 1910 has corrupted the ability of doctors to be healers and teachers. Our our system has been hijacked. 
Oh, completely. And, and so what we're dealing with is a fundamental philosophical flaw in medicine of collectivism at its root. And that includes the vaccine paradigm wrongly applied that we have this thing called herd immunity. We're not a bunch of moo cows. You only get sick as an individual. You get well as an individual. And the whole idea of transfer of these things and that we could prevent them by wearing masks that's like trying to stop a mosquito with a chain link fence is absurd. Absolutely absurd. And we've got an entire intelligent class of people that are not stupid. I know that. It takes a lot to get to a degree that high. At the same time, you abandon critical thinking skills in order to achieve it. And then you find out that if you sway a little bit this way or that way to ask questions about it, you will be drummed out of the profession. And all of that debt that they threw on you to get through medical school will be unable to be repaid because then they take away your ability to earn a living. So much of this is corrupted to control the minds, the bodies and the spirits of these people. And then the people who are not degreed in the medical realm are afraid for their lives because they've been programmed to believe that germs are the cause of disease rather than the result of proceeding dis-ease imbalance within the body, every system, every organ, every cell, and the microbiome itself, much less a viral. So we've got a lot of growing up to do, a lot of maturation to have happen to not look to these higher institutions to save us because they're the ones that have been corrupting us because they got corrupted. Yeah, you know, I remember the people that that were very excited about me getting into medical school, and they were a very good generation of people. And I watched the people that many of them who trained me, not all of them, but some of them at least that trained me, were the people that usurped power because nobody else was stepping up. And they were a group of people that really wanted and coveted that power and manipulated it. And it was hard going through that system to a certain extent. But the reality is we have good systems in place with bad people running many of them. And we need to take those systems back. We have to we have to critically look at what's happening in our systems. I mean, I resigned as a reviewer from Lancet, which is a, a coveted position to have. Um, but I resigned from it after that uh, zoonotic paper came out where they tried to pretend that this was a naturally occurring virus. And I, I, I sent in my resignation, you know, and I'm sure nobody cried about it. But that was that was the very best I could do. There, there's a lot of good in this system. We're, we're not throwing the system out. We are cleaning it up. And I guess, you know, we have our own we, we have our own swamp that needs to be flushed and given a nice colonic, if you will. <laughs> well, you, um, yeah, you so remember, like we all do, of the statement power corrupts, absolute power corrupts, absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, the power in the system, if you will. The centralizing of all knowledge and the control of that knowledge is the corruption. It's the starting point, the ending point. You remove the power from it, and then suddenly now you have the free flow of ideas, the challenging, the debate, the discussion that says, no, 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 you don't control the information. I got some information over here that contradicts your information. We need, if you're if you're sincere about your scientific endeavors, let's get together and hash this out and put the, this to the test. The hypotheses that work, they don't, whatever. And that is something that when I talk about institutions and or systems, as long as that there's one system like a Vatican of science, for instance, it's going to, by definition, be corrupt. And anytime the government then says, here, I will send some money this way to incentivize something, it's already corrupted because it's not coming from the minds of those who are connected to that divinity, if you will, that gives us inspiration to innovate 
and to find out and really truly discover what makes this planet, this world, this universe tick. Yeah, you know, uh, the, the reason why I became a, a, well, except for the JFK administration getting into it, I mean, uh, my view of being a scientist, and I'm a physicist originally, is the desire to answer the unknown. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's that. I, I still think of that as an extremely pure thing. That's the high um, ideal. I love that. I, I live for that stuff. It's awesome. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and I actually abandoned some of the research I did early on because I had to make a decision that what I wanted to do was generating so much power that it was very useful for what I wanted to do, but I could also see it being used for a very nefarious reason. Mm, yeah. And for that reason, I buried much of my research, and I'm pleased to say that it, people don't seem to have been smart enough to pick up on it since then, and that's, mm-hmm. I guess good for humanity or bad, depending upon the point of view. But the purity of science is to, is that inquis, inquisitive characteristic of trying to make the world a better place, trying to understand more of the universe. Um, and, and uh, you know, I, I sometimes tease people because physics is what I consider the only pure science with all the rest of them kind of blundering <laughs> along at their own yeah. at their own rate. Mm-hmm. So I consider the creator actually a physicist. Um, yeah. And uh, I, I guess that's why I ended up where I'm at. I don't know. Well, what you've acknowledged as well is that uh, science without consciousness or the connection to the divine is highly destructive. And that was your concern about your yeah. research is like, well, it would be used to destroy rather than to do that, which you had intended to do with it. And that again is indicative of your state of consciousness, which I respect immensely. And the fact that you're on my show engaging in this discussion, uh, is, is, uh, it's refreshing to say the least what this should be the norm, this kind of yeah. ability to communicate at this level. I, I always try to explain to my uh, my students, my medical students, be they students, residents, fellows, interns, whatever, that they need to make some clear, concise decision uh, about what they're doing in certain medical scenarios. And because I helped write the ACLS, the Advanced Cardiac Life Support Protocols, uh, early on in life, uh, I always tell them that, you know, about 10% of the time, those protocols actually will kill people. And so there's this above that level of education training that you get to learn when not to apply the standard and to realize you need a different standard. But we can't teach that to everybody, apparently, so it it limits. But I always explain to my residents, fellows, look, what you do for your patient, you should in your mind say, this is what I would do for my mom, my dad, my sister, my brother, my husband, my wife, my children. And if you end up in court trying to defend that and you live by that principle and you tell a jury that I would like to think I could be wrong, but I'd like to think that if that's actually what you did, a jury would go, well, I, you know, maybe the result wasn't what they thought it was going to be, but did you listen to him? He said it's what he would have done for his mom or his dad or the people that are important. I mean, how clearly there's nothing nefarious in, in, in that type of approach. Um, and bad things can happen. Um, but the reality was what happened this time around, um, these, they didn't read my theory on inflammation and heart disease. They, they mm-hmm. mouth it a lot, but they didn't read it. They, 
they didn't read the the three major papers that were published by the committees that knew how to use ventilators and published them in the early 2000s and said, look, if you've got somebody with this swelling going on in their lungs, it's called acute respiratory distress syndrome. Every time you give them a breath from the machine called a tidal volume, it has to be half half of what you would normally give somebody or you will cause more damage and you'll kill the people. You know, not having that information that they should have had and just giving lip service to it produced a group of doctors that were not ready for a crisis when it no. was handed to them. And and the results I, I think they should, obvious. I think they should have studied physics and then they would have figured it out without being told. <laughs> Well, it does take a little bit more, I understand, to get into physics um, yeah. and maybe not the, the degree that most people like. But, you know, gosh, yeah. the, it was there in the education and training. So mm -hmm. why didn't yeah. they get it? Why didn't yeah. they apply it? And and I don't get that. That part I don't get. I, I, I can come up with lots of other excuses for different things, but that I don't get. Um yeah. And we're not here to make excuses yeah. for anyone. I, and look, I've acknowledged things that I got wrong and you have as well. And that's to, yeah. you know, the credit. And that's what we would ask of those physicians. And many are uh, waking up and nurses as well. And really looking back with much regret and, and sorrow as to the injuries and deaths that they may have contributed to inadvertently. But I still I'll respect those people that will say, you know what? I was duped. I was played. We've all yeah. been duped and played at one point or many points in our life. And so the question is, do we condemn them forever? No. Forgiveness is the first st step in, in making that next road a lot better, healthier, happier, and without all of this unnecessary death. Yet we must, as you point out in this interview today, hold them to account as well for the, you know, the responsibility they must take. If not in this life, they'll get it in the next. But the idea here is liability is the thing that is the only thing, perhaps, that keeps people from teetering onto the uh, side of full-on, full-blown evil. Yeah, well, it's very clear that Anthony Fauci and Bill Gates and Cullens and the rest of these people have no belief that they're going to be held accountable. And I'm here to say that with 10letters.org and people standing up, they're in for a surprise. Mm -hmm. And and rightly so. Look, I'm not going to be on the jury, and I can't be the attorney because I'm not a prosecuting attorney. And as an expert witness, well, I can't be an attorney and an expert witness. And it's going to be up to the juries to decide the fate of these people. But I think it's time that the attorney generals and the governors put pressure on these attorney generals to step up and do their jobs that they took an oath to. I mean, I, I've taken uh, oaths, uh, obviously, as a physician. I mean, we don't have a, it's not a PhD oath. Um, I've taken an oath as an attorney. The reality is we take oaths to people, mm -hmm. and as I have on FlemingMethod.com, there's two types of oaths. There's oaths that people take that they don't intend to uphold, and there's oaths they take that they intend to uphold. And when you take an oath to uphold and defend the Constitution of the United States, to protect the people against all enemies, foreign and domestic, by God, you'd better mean that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. My parents had tears in their eyes when I took my Hippocratic Oath. And these attorney generals need to honor the oath. Or they need to resign. They need to resign and get out of the way. Exactly. Right. And you can't, you can't hold the President of the United States 
guilty of a civil action that they take as president of the United States, but you can hold them guilty of criminal actions as president. And if you take an oath as president of the United States to uphold and defend the Constitution yeah. of the United States, and you violate a treaty, the Biological Weapons Convention Treaty, the International Covenant on Civil and Political Rights Treaty, Nuremberg, and the Declaration of Helsinki, you have violated your oath, and you have committed treason, mm -hmm. and you should be held criminally accountable. Dr. Richard Fleming, agree 100%, and I appreciate you so much for all that you're doing and uh, what you stand for. I'm glad we're connecting here on the show, and uh, again, everything's linked up in the notes. Thanks to Super Don. Uh, at robertscottbell.com. If you're in the chat room slash listen, please share the show. Uh, we do not make good algorithm <laughs> or they don't allow good algorithm for us. So you have to share it. Otherwise, people don't discover it. We've been banned on a number of platforms and deplatformed, in fact. But there are a number that we are still available to reach out to the world. And uh, Dr. Richard Fleming, are you doing any events out in that so-called real world beyond the uh, uh, virtual things that we do together? Well, we just did one in New Jersey and Pennsylvania, and then we went down to Alabama. We are scheduling a whole series of them in November. Um, we tend not to tell people. Uh, unfortunately, we're not telling people too much in advance because mm -hmm. we're actually um, a number of the events that I've been to were being tracked and monitored by people sure. and folks are showing up. Um, so we have all sorts of security issues that are now have now been uh, a real problem. But um, we are going to push uh, right after the elections for getting out there uh, full steam on this 10letters.org to hold these criminals accountable because it's clear that things are being stepped up. And it's also clear that unless we do this, um, they're going to continue to do it. So mm -hmm. we will be announcing a number of venues in, at the beginning of November uh, that okay. we're going to get out there. And we're going to go wherever we need to go, whether it's on Zoom or in person, to push this. In fact, my goal will be to personally appear with people like Senator Dr. Rand Paul and Ron Johnson and the others. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, if they will do this for us to have a live uh, filming of us walking 10letters.org to the attorney generals in their states and mm -hmm. demanding that these mm -hmm. people do their job that they've sworn to do. And anybody who wants to put together these types of events, please let us know. Uh, and Nash and Nisha at Crimes Against Humanity Tour is another way to let us know because they tend to filter through the mail um, mm -hmm. to put these events together uh, and in, in addition to providing some protection uh, for me uh, on people uh, getting access through. So, yeah. Well, Dr. Richard Fleming, go with God is what I can say in all that you do. And that's the ultimate protection that uh, can navigate us through, a, you know, ugh, it could be argued a very dangerous terrain right now for speaking this truth to a power that does not want to relinquish that power. But their power is not from God. Their power is from sucking the energy of fear from people that they've induced into that state. And that's not what we do here on the Robert Scott Bell Show. And that's not what you do, Dr. Fleming, I can tell. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you.
God bless you. We ho- we'll have you on anytime. So that's Dr. Richard Fleming uh, on the Robert Scott Bell Show. Uh, if you guys aren't getting the newsletter, I don't know what you're doing. You, you, you certainly haven't texted RSB to 22828. It's that easy. Yes, right now. Get your phone out. Unless you're driving, of course. 22828 and then text my initials RSB. And in return, you'll get a text just asking for your email. And that'll get you plugged in to the daily newsletter here. So you can see what's going on, what's coming up. The important events of the day, much less the news items of the day that are curated by our humble and lovable super don and um, well that includes today's notes with all the things that we talked about with dr fleming 10 letters.org and more and uh, wow what a powerful hour that was and and he didn't shirk from any of it i didn't think he would but uh, that, that's pretty profound there are a lot of people out there that are stepping it up you don't hear about them in the mainstream news unless they're denigrated or they're called disinformation whatever's And uh, we know that the information that we're providing, that they're providing, that we highlight and spotlight is anything but disinformation. It's the information that's empowering to you to see through the lies and deceit and the fear mongering, which is why we've been banned on on so many sites. And so so many of our friends have too. So keep sharing the show. Keep plugging away. We're now on Rumble as well and uh, various, uh, various sites that we can get out to. So thank you for that. All right, so let's see. Uh, tomorrow, Pittsburgh. Uh, for those of you listening or watching live on the 21st, the 22nd of October, we'll be in Pittsburgh, PA, uh, Beaver Falls, technically, the Health Hut, big event. Almost sold out. All the VIP tickets have been sold out. Looking forward to joining you there. Uh, shout out to my friends in the Pittsburgh area. Hope to get to see all y'all. It's a very quick trip. And then back, and then we're heading, uh, well, the next big event that I know of, unless I can find my way to the Clay Clark event and uh, – in Missouri uh, coming up, but for sure, the red pill expo G Edward Griffin's red pill expo that's happening. Salt Lake city, November 12th and 13th salt palace convention center. Love to see you there. It streams online. Those are linked up as well. Uh, hour two, we've scheduled doctor. There it is. Uh, upcoming events, uh, red pill expo hour two. We've scheduled our buddy, Dr. Rasha Bittar. We pray that his redneck internet is not, so red or neck <laughs> and that we can connect and, and be fine. But this is the risk we're willing, we're willing to go to, to get the information out to you. So super D how you doing? My bar, my brother, you got the notes up looking good, dude. Uh, I, I just, I just had to get out of the way for that whole hour. It was just like, Holy crap. Yeah. 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 So yeah. And he, you notice he didn't cower at all in, in the intensity that I brought it. It wasn't directed <laughs> at him. Honestly, it was honestly the response to the ACIP, the CDC at this point to call it out. Not that I've not ever done that before. I've certainly done that before, but it's no. like every once in a while you go, Hey, look at this. You know, it's right. like grabbing somebody by the collar and going, dude, or rubbing a dog's nose in poop going, what are you doing? How are you still supporting these people as if they have legitimacy? They're after your children debilitating them, destroying them, killing them, making them in for all of that. And that's not hyperbole. That's not exaggeration. Whether they're ignorant of it, it's debatable. But the end result is clear at this point. Or maybe not, Super Don. What what say you? Crystal. 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 Okay. All right. Crystal Crystal poop. Crystal clear. (laughs) All right. We got a, uh, let's see, a a question of the day. We're going to get to that in hour two. Next hour. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, you know what we have is an update. You know, we, um, we covered a story mm-hmm. a week or two ago about this uh, guy that was in charge of the water system in a town. Yeah. 
Uh, and he had over the last 10 years or so. Yeah. Gradually lowered the amount of fluoride in the water system. Yeah. And it wasn't discovered until just recently. And uh, people in the town were just flipping out. And it was, it was really bizarre because there, were, there was one lady that was quoted in the, in the, uh, in the report, the news report. Mm-hmm. That was saying, I can't understand how he could have thought that it was okay to do that without us being, you know, informed, yeah, informed and us giving right? informed Suddenly, consent the, on, the, on the, not having fluoride in our water. Yeah. And, and <laughs> who, who was given informed consent about fluoride being put in their water? Yeah. Right. Nobody, basically. So this worker who, who we think is a hero, town employee for years in Vermont, lowered fluoride levels, has resigned. Yeah, he's resigned. Now, is it because he was pressured into doing so? I'm thinking maybe he just kind of said, my work is done here, and now he's going to, you know, go find something uh, else to do that's awesome. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, He says here, I guess his name, Kendall Chamberlain. Yes. uh, His resignation letter. Can we get him on the show? I would love to talk to him. That would be a pretty good thing, wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah. Um, Yeah. I look at what he's saying here. Uh, and, and of course, the, the way the, the language of the article, which is biased for pro-fluoride, they said this, Chamberlain said in his letter of resignation, in a language that at times echoes unfounded reports that have circulated online in recent years. Basically, they're trying to dispute this, yes. not without disputing it, the science that says, hey, fluoride is just toxic poison, don't put it in the water. But right. this Chamberlain guy says he didn't think the current fluoridation policy is legally required or scientifically sound, and in his no. opinion, poses unacceptable risks to public health and he could not be in good conscience party to it well, good for that's him. why i think that he's a hero in reality for, good for, for him. reducing it yeah so this is extraordinary yeah. all right y'all check it out links are in the show notes thanks to super don robert text rsb to 22828 to get the newsletter i'm going to head to pittsburgh tomorrow for a big event a health freedom event and we've got other upcoming events including the red pill expo thanks to g edward griffin november 12th and 13th We'll talk to Batar about the next Clay Clark event as well. Maybe I can still get there. I'm just struggling with this one, guys. I know Clay was on the show and he invited me. He said, come on. Also, for those of you that missed the Advanced Medicine Conference 2022, we've got special deals on tickets, so to call reverse engineered tickets. You go back in time, you get to watch everything that happened, including my dearly departed friend, Michael Badnark. His last major public appearance and lecture was at the Advanced Medicine Conference, and I'm grateful to my friend, Dr. Batar, for inviting him to speak. It was so, so amazing. People loved him, and I'm grateful for that and so much more. So with that, we're going to take a pause for the top of the hour education break and be back with our good pal, Dr. Rashid Batar on the Robert Scott Bell Show, where I remind you simply that the power to heal, 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 hear? I need Batar to do it. He does it better than me. <laughs> the he power to hurl is yours. <laughs> That's it. The Robert Scott Bell Show. Scott Bell Show. Well, that had to be one of the most unusual endings to an hour of the Robert Scott Bell show as Super Don translated my ending of the show to be the power to hurl is yours <laughs> just in time to remedy uh, that level of hurl is uh, my good pal, Dr. Rashid Batar back here on the Robert Scott Bell show. Dr. Batar, we pray that we can hear you. I can see you. 
I think you'll be able to hear me. Oh, you can't imagine how excited I am. Way to go, we Dr. Have B. To, we have to make sure that I can be heard, Robert, because the way you ruined that, the power to heal is unequivocally yours. I'm like, dude, you you, you coined that phrase. I took it over for nine years, and what do yes. I, I – I'm gone for a couple of years, and you start converting. I, I wanted – look, look, I wanted to make you feel good about okay. your absence. You're not being here every week, and I thought that would be a wonderful way to do it. You're like, it what an amateur. Really- he needs me. It was. It was good. It made me feel very important, and that I, I was, I was necessary. That I wasn't obsolete. Yes. No. You're never obsolete, my friend. No, that couldn't be. It couldn't be at all. So, hey, thanks for being here on this really powerful Friday edition of the show, the 21st of October, 2022. For those of you listening or watching live, please share the show. Sign up for uh, email alerts as well as uh, to Dr. Batar and Advanced Medicine uh, Conference that we had. Now, what has it been? Four years we've done this. This is our. Yep. This was our fourth we one. Did. Exactly. And it was as as good as any of them, if not better. I mean, the presentations, the the quality, uh, and uh, our buddy Dr. Brian Artis was just next level. I love him, and that was his first time, I believe, at the AMC. And uh, for those that missed it, the 2022 version. That's one of the things I wanted you on to talk about because you've made it available finally for everybody that couldn't attend and hasn't seen it yet. Yeah, actually, Robert, you know what's interesting is that even though the fourth annual AMC was um, not as well attended as the previous year, as the third one. Mm-hmm. I have had three different doctors, two of whom were actually presenters at the conference, but a total of three physicians that, that have told me that in their opinion, what they saw last year, or this, this year, I'm sorry, the fourth mm-hmm. one, yeah. which was held in San Antonio, that that AMC was the most important conference of the last 10 years that they've attended or participated in, which is, mm-hmm. you know, it's pretty, it's pretty impressive if one person says it, but three different people on all three having doctorates, um, I was very, very pleased to hear that. And I personally feel, and I don't know whether you would agree with this or not, I mean, you've been at every one of those conferences, that even though perhaps... I, I hope that in the future we'll have even more important information, but this year I believe is going to end up in retrospect, 10, 20 years from now, I think in retrospect, I think history will remember that this fourth annual AMC was the most important one, not because of the information presented, but because of the timing of the information that was presented coinciding with the necessity for the world to hear this information. I think that in itself, it makes it so critical and for that reason, we, you know, reduced the price by more than half of what no, normally we sell those digital downloads, uh, lifetime access for each year at three ninety nine. This year we dropped it to one nine one twenty nine, mm-hmm. and uh, we we just dropped it just because we really feel that it was that necessary for people to be able to uh, get that information. And uh, on checkout, you know, we'll talk about why this information is so critical, but. On yeah. checkout, we'll give them a code at the end to take another twenty five percent off that. Yeah, to get to get it under a hundred bucks, this is going to be amazing, folks. And uh, it's as uh, valuable. And I've attended all four years, but you're right in, in the timing of this, in response to all that we had been going through. And remember, we had the third one in the midst of this, right? In North Carolina, we were beating back no, the that governor. Was, that was the second. That was the that second, was the second one, one. Good lord, how did we do that? Yeah. <laughs> so we were learning, and we were on a strong, heavy learning curve. Uh, none of this, you know, is countering the principles that we bring 
uh, as healers, as doctors, physicians, and teachers to it. But at the same time, we're also learning. And as we learned, we presented and you presented extraordinary information and we're out there first, not afraid uh, about what, what you were uncovering and encountering and bringing up that you became one of the, if not the most banned doctor on the planet in the, in the span of uh, the COVID crazy to come out in this last uh, Memorial Day weekend at San Antonio to deliver what we delivered at that one. Yeah, I think that uh, in August or September of 2020 is when YouTube took me down and I was introduced three times in a row from October to November in 2020. I was introduced as the most censored doctor in the world. And, you know, I kind of liked that title. And then I kind of went back and started looking at it like, could that really be validated? And discovered that my YouTube channel, before it had been taken down because the information had been captured, my YouTube channel from March 2020, when I only had maybe... I don't know, a thousand subscribers on our YouTube channel, and we couldn't even access the back end because we didn't know what the log password it was set up from a previous employee. So we started a new channel in March of 2020. From that point till uh, August or September of 2020, so in that six month period, I had 179 million hours viewed on my channel. So that means if somebody watches a video, for 30 seconds, it only counts as 30 seconds. They don't you know, allocate the whole 30 minute video as, as having been viewed. So we had 179 million hours viewed on that channel in six months. We had two different occurrences where we had 84,000 subscribers, not views, but subscribers that subscribed within a uh, 72 hour period. We had another period that we had within 24 hours, we had 72,000 people subscribe. We had 89 videos that were taken down that had a million or more views in the first 12 hours, or maybe it was the first 24 hours before YouTube took them down. And that's actually when we discovered that it had nothing to do with the content, which you know we thought it was a content. It was the fact that YouTube fears or, or the opposition, the powers that be fear, anyone mm-hmm. that demand an audience that yeah. is that large, because we did one, Dr. Bruce Lipton, and myself mm-hmm. and Neil Peoples did one video on love and gratitude. We didn't talk about cancer. We didn't talk about autism. We didn't talk about COVID. We didn't talk about politics. Right. We didn't talk about anything that could be construed as controversial. And it was on just love and gratitude. It was a 15-minute video. And I had 1.7 million views in the first 12 hours. And YouTube took it down. And that's when I realized that they are afraid of anything or anyone that empowers the masses. Mm. They don't want information that makes people realize the power that they really have. Well, and yeah, so, that, that could have more influence than they have over the minds, bodies, and spirits of the people. Uh, and you're right. Absolutely. The empowerment aspect is something they fear tremendously because they, they feed off of our fear, which disempowers us. And they use that energy to control us, to limit us, to enslave us. Yep. That's exactly right. And you know, what was interesting was Patrick, but David, who uh, has become a good friend, he has two different channels on YouTube that are between three and four million views, uh, three or four million subscribers, excuse me. And Mm -hmm. he was one of the people that interviewed me and uh, along with many other people that had interviewed me in that that one year period. And Patrick, I I actually arranged for Bobby Kennedy to be in Patrick's show. I arranged for Bobby Kennedy to be on uh, London Real. They'd all interviewed me and 
they asked if I had connections with Bobby. And then I talked to Bobby. I'm like, Bobby, why aren't you doing interviews? And he said, the media won't let me within 20 feet of a, of a microphone. So mm-hmm. I said, if I arrange these things, will you do it? And he said, of course. And, you know, we had those things arranged. Well, Patrick came on to my YouTube channel um, after one of our uh, interviews and using my login, user password, got into the back of the channel. And he was doing things I have no idea and probably spent two hours with me. And he was shocked. He said, Rashid, what you're, what you're doing here right now, and he showed me, he, he showed me the numbers for ABC, NBC, CBS, mm-hmm. uh, CNN, BBC, MSNBC, and Fox. Those mm-hmm. are the seven stations he looked at and showed me their YouTube channels. And he showed me at the point that he was looking at this, he said, you are pulling in more traffic on your YouTube channel than all seven of these stations combined. And that's when I realized, wow, there are, there's something going on over here. And so mm-hmm. that title that I was given of the most censored physician on the planet, um, mm-hmm. I think I, I kind of, I just went ahead and carried. It. And so a lot of times I've been introduced that way. And, and I, I kind of like that. It's, it's that badge of honor, you know? So, mm-hmm. um, and we're working on now making sure that that censorship, nobody can control that uh, power to censor anyone because history if all we have to do is look at history and history shows us that those who censored have always been on the wrong side. And those who were censored have always been on the right side of history. Yeah. Isn't that fascinating? Uh, the bad guys are clearly out front trying to censor and it's not even subtle. And yet uh, the government, if you will, was limited by the constitution. The rights that we share and, 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 and really enjoy are not because the government provides them or grants it to us. The Constitution was limited, was written to limit the government's action against rights that exist or pre-exist government because they come from God, a creator. And that's something that, and, you know, another part of uh, the, the, the continual lessons that we must learn and remind each of us, just as I say, the power to hurl, I mean, heal is yours. <laughs> it's a reminder for me, just as it is for anybody to go, hey, you know what? We got to step back in our power. And where's the true source of our power? It's not government. It's not these evildoers. It's not the censors out there. And uh, yet, you know, be, being a living example to overcome fear, it, it, uh, have a good buddy of mine. Uh, he's the world's best courage coach and I had him on the other the other day. And we were talking about fear is contagious. And I said, yes, but being courageous is contagious, too. And it's and it rhymes. So it's better. Courageous is contagious. And, you know, seeing you, Dr. Batar, not cower in fear is something that inspires me and inspires many people. And I think that in sense. We think about it in terms of our own kids or when they have kids one day, will they remember us and say, thank you. At least you stood up and spoke up and did something while you still could. Or will they spit on our graves to say, you know what? You had an opportunity to speak up. You knew better and you didn't do better. You could have done it. And and I want people to think about that in terms of the legacy for their kids, their, their grandkids yet to be and great grandkids. You know, why are we doing it? If it's not for yourself, then let's look about the people that are going to be left behind in a, what a a world filled with tyranny or one that's filled with the love of, of, of God and spirit and the freedom that comes from knowing who we really are and why we're really here. Robert, you know, you saying that just now made me think of, um, there's a video and it's, it's a Trump video, but they put it to the song. And I can't remember how the song goes. I've actually got the video on click view, but there's a line in the song that is so powerful. And every time I hear it, 
It makes every hair on the back of my neck stand up. And it, the, the line goes, uh, teach the children quietly, for someday sons and daughters will rise up and fight while we stood still. Hmm. And it is such a powerful statement. And I would like to think that we are the sons and daughters that are rising up because our parents didn't do what they needed to do or, 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 or our forefathers, you know, I don't want to go forefathers because our forefathers did everything that needed to sure, be done. But forefathers certain recent ancestry, if you will, uh, we look right. at our 20th century in the West, in America in particular, and, and we have to acknowledge as much as we still love our parents and grandparents that they, they fell down on the job in terms of defending liberty. They, they fell prey to propaganda and even the advancements in medicine, not like advanced medicine that we talk about, but uh, absent of spiritual connection to the wisdom that would come and make innovation possible in treatment of disease and it. prevention of disease. Yeah. But they don't call it advanced medicine. They call it evidence-based mm -hmm. medicine. And that evidence-based medicine is based on a double-blind placebo-controlled crossover multicenter trial. And Robert, you, you and I have talked about this ad nauseum in the past. But <laughs> that's I think the power to hurl again. That's the power to hurl, exactly. But I think it's uh, an opportune time to revisit that concept because I want people to understand when people especially doctors will say, well, are you saying that evidence-based medicine based on double-blind placebo-controlled crossover multi-centered trials is obsolete? Is that what you're trying to say, Dr. Pitar? And what I'm trying to say is that you've got this upside-down world that we've created where we talk about evidence-based medicine as defined by double-blind placebo-controlled crossover multi-centered trial but it is based on anything but evidence, right? So let's look at what does that really mean? Evidence-based medicine, if I'm saying that, Robert, to you, would you not expect that to mean evidence-based medicine would be medicine that's based on the evidence? Wouldn't that <laughs> be a logical conclusion? It's a reasonable conclusion, but it'd be unreasonable to expect that that's what they really mean. <laughs> exactly. That's exactly right. So let's break this down for a moment. All right, houses are built upon bricks. Similarly, science is built upon facts. But remember that a pile of facts is no more science than a pile of bricks can be called a house. And this is what evidence-based medicine does, is it collects facts. But to collect a bunch of facts and then throw them out there and say, call it science, that is yeah. not science. That's like taking a bunch of bricks and throwing them out there and say, I'm calling it a house. Mm -hmm. And this is what, this is what I... Uh, one make want to make sure the people understand that evidence-based medicine is not double-blind placebo-controlled crossover multi-center trials. Double-blind placebo-controlled crossover multi-center trials will help you to accumulate facts, but then you need to take those facts and you mm -hmm. need to build them into an infrastructure right. that now allows for science to be there. And so what's yeah, what's the connective tissue that is necessary to link facts? It's identifying what causation, for instance, cause and effect. Exactly. That's and, exactly and right. It's, den it's denied in medicine all of the time, as we see with COVID jabs. Oh, it, it really doesn't harm anybody. I mean, on and on it goes. The story or the song remains the same. And, you know, when I talk and lecture advanced medicine, I often talk about the minerals that are key to the connective tissue, you know, that we are either devoid of because it's not in the food or we're taking things that are removing them 
and causing us to fall down like a pile of bricks that can't hold together. So we lose in structural integrity and then we can't function. Exactly. And one of the, thing, one of the things that I saw this morning that, uh, that Super Don sent, Hey, Super Don, I, don't, I can't see you. I figure you're there Where somewhere. Where is Super D? You got to bring him into the mix here because Dr. Batar needs to see you. He doesn't even know what you look like anymore. It's been so long. Yeah. There Just he the is. Side of his head. There you go. I can always see a side of his head. That's how I know. <laughs> you know <laughs> well, that Super profile. Don me, Super Don sent me a, a message this morning about a couple other things that we can discuss. And one of those things was the, um, child, the, the child abuse and then talking about the – what was the Super Don about the uh, – the childhood vaccine schedule having COVID vaccines added to it, correct? Right. I think that's what you had. Yeah, it happened okay. yesterday. It got voted on yesterday. Right. And so, you know, it's amazing to me that, again, from the get-go, the CDC's own data showed clearly that 99, the survival rate for children that uh, uh, where, where if they got infected by COVID, 99.9997% survival. That means it's a 0.0001%. And yet, look at the number of children that are being affected negatively from the vaccine itself. And for them to add this, it's it's like, I, I, I don't even, you can't even call it a sin or evil. It's, it's the most diabolical, mm -hmm. um, sinister, Thing that I can think of, I can't think of anything more more blatantly obvious that they are trying to exterminate the human species. You know, when you give it to adults, okay, you've got the sterilization aspect, you've got the depopulation agenda, you've got the taking out the old and decrepit. It's 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 basically taking out what they call the undesired, right? Uh, obese people, people with underlying pathology, cardiac uh, issues, cardiomyopathies, uh, creating pathologies such as pericarditis and myocarditis taking out the uh, the old okay all that stuff but now when they're hitting children that have a 99.9997% survival what is that it's not de it's not depopulation or sterilization this is annihilation of our future generations now robert i know that to you and to super don probably this is not foreign this is completely no. digestible it's it's evident it's self evident and probably to most of our audience, it probably is as well. But there are some people that are probably thinking, you know, or Robert Scott Bell, you know, Dr. Buttar is wearing a 10 hat and Robert Scott Bell can't even get the word heal out and he's calling it Hall, so, uh, you know, Hurl or whatever <laughs> it is. So I'm sure that they've got their own opinions on this. But I want people mm. to ask that question. What could be the agenda of a body of regulators or a body of supposed science that would be saying we need to take something that's still experimental that has defied all the safety parameters before it can be instilled to mm. mandate it into a group of individuals that have a 99.9997% survival rate what mm. what would what could be a potential answer that they could give you i mean i've got clip after clip of different countries saying that childhood vaccines with covid will never happen because it's they're not a susceptible population. So when they start pushing this and then the media pushes it, you know, fuels it, what could just ask the question? I'm not even I'm not trying to give you my opinion. Ask mm. the question, what could be the agenda? What could be the mm -hmm. possible outcome? What are they trying to accomplish? Like, are they do they seriously think that children need to have protection from something that is 
less virulent than the common cold? Do they mm-hmm. seriously think that? Well, there's something going on over here. Uh, and, and and it's now, if it's not self-evident to people at this point, then at this point, I'm telling, hey, just go get your vaccine. Go get double, go get yeah. triple, get mine, get, get my neighbors, get whatever you want. Because at this point, as a Franciscan monk had said last year doing an interview that I heard, it was great. The Franciscan monk made a comment that people are saying, how could God let this happen? And he said, God is not letting this happen. Man is letting this happen. And he mm-hmm. called it, this is either a calling or a culling. Mm-hmm. And in the, the dependency of whether it's a calling or a culling is whether you are using your brain. I, I'm putting that uh, suffix on there. I'm sure. putting the ending on there. It's whether or not you choose to use your brain or choose to stick your head in the sand and said, I can't hear anything. I can't see anything. Mm-hmm. And I'm just going to believe the government and walk willingly into, into the night. This yeah. is exactly what happened during World War II, where, you know, th- this this concept remember what the what happened with the jews you had a small percentage that fought like hell and escaped the confines of the concentration camps at at risk of dying of risk of being murdering of being shot they risked it and they ran or they hid or they shipped out but a lot of jews a lot of the majority walked willingly to their deaths and there's there's a book that's been written about this about the 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 mind you know how they were basically programmed and this is exactly what I see happening right now, except the difference is that there, the, the Holocaust that was targeted against an ethnic religious sect, there now it's open. It's it's a whole population. Yeah, they don't care what color uh, yeah. you are. They don't care what your religion, creed, nationality is. It's the same thing. And why are people, why are, why are people within our own family units willingly mm-hmm. marching to their death? Why? Yeah. You know, this is a question I, I think I've asked you before, and I brought this up a number of times. It's like strategically, when we talk about those entities or individuals that are uh, designing a project that is just, it's, it's, it's treacherous, it's villainous, it's, it's, it's hor- horrific because it ends up uh, either at the very least limiting or eliminating the, the ability of a child growing into adulthood to ever have children, for one, or outright killing them via cardiac events, myocarditis, et cetera. And, and on, on, on the immune destruction goes because cancers are, are roaring back and people that had seemingly overcome them. And so we're left with the question is like, okay, who is vulnerable? Who is most susceptible to the propaganda that, that they would then walk into the so-called camps? These are the people that are not willing to fight. Who's left? Who's left when that happens? And have they thought about that? These people. Mm. And I just asked strategically, what am I missing here about that attempt? Yes, there are fewer people, but the people who are left are the ones that you found are not willing to fall prey to the propaganda, are not willing to cower in fear, and are willing to stand up and fight for their freedom. Yeah, but ratio-wise, from a concentration standpoint, when you look at the total numbers, we're a small faction that, that are willing to stand up and do what's necessary. But as they exterminate more and more, guess what? Relatively speaking, our numbers are increasing. And I think that there are many people that are now recognizing and realizing the, the fallacy of this narrative and are making the switch. The actual statistics, I showed this at the conference in, I believe it was in, um, it escapes me now. No, it was in Myrtle Beach. Mm-hmm. Uh, Clay's conference about two or three conferences ago, the Freedom Tours, the Reawaken America Tours. The actual numbers, Robert, 
they're saying that 30% of the population is not has not inoculated in the United States. 70% has, whereas the actual numbers were 79 million Americans out of the 330, 350 million, whatever it is, 79 million Americans refused to take the COVID vaccination and 157 million refused to take the vaccination after having taken the first shot. Mm-hmm. So this is an additional 157 million. So you're looking at about two thirds to 70% of the population refusing to take the vaccination. Now it's very interesting because those numbers show that it's actually opposite from what we're being told in mainstream media. 30% haven't taken the vaccine, whereas in fact, I think it's 70% that are no longer taking the vaccine. And mm-hmm. now when you extrapolate that out to the international community, I believe that in the vast majority of the countries, it's a similar number. We know that in, in Belarus, we know that in um, Romania, it's the same number. 70% are refusing to take the vaccine. Now, why are they pushing and saying that it's 70% that have been inoculated? Because again, it's that herd mentality. If we can convince most of the people that most of the people have already been vaccinated, we can get more people vaccinated. Mm -hmm. But at a certain point now, even the journalists, even like our classical nemesis, like look at the that hotels. Oh, Offit. Yeah. Hotels and Offit. Yeah, yeah, Offit. Yeah, I saw I saw a clip of Offit saying. Remember, this is a guy that made $45 million in childhood vaccines and caused all sorts of uh, issues. And uh, mm-hmm. he, wrote a, he wrote a book with a, a couple of different chapters in the book and a couple of different doctors and honored me by attacking me. And one whole chapter wrote about me, which yes. I didn't even really, you know, like if I wrote a book, I would never write a book with a chapter on him. I probably wouldn't even mention his name. But anyway, I, I didn't even know who he was until mm-hmm. after a, an engagement on stage that we had in, in Italy where I was giving a lecture a number of years ago. But even Offit came up and said that the COVID vaccine should not be given to children. And so I was surprised when I heard somebody that has been very pro-vaccine making the suggestion that COVID vaccinations should not be given to children. And here's the thing, Robert, when you start looking at the actual data, the myocarditis and pericarditis data, the studies that were done in Israel, Israel has done some of the best studies, right? They put these Mm -hmm. studies out there. And this is basically... um, I'll come back to the natural immunity aspect because this is something that I think we really need to talk about and enough people are not talking about this. But the Israeli study showed, they did a study and they were looking at the instance of myocarditis and pericarditis. And I broke this study down. I mean, I I showed all the actual pages of the study. I've looked at it multiple times and I broke it down and actually showed the actual numbers because some people said, no, that's not what the study means. Well, they're a bunch of imbeciles because they either don't know how to read or they're illiterate or whatever they, they have. They're one neuron short of a synapse, okay? Basically, mm-hmm. it's very evident what the study says. And what they showed in that study was that when you looked at the demographics, the age groups of individuals, you had the population between the age of 21 to 25, I believe it was. Um, no, sorry. Sorry, tw- uh, tw- 25 to 29. That's what it was. It was 16 to 20, 21 to 24 and then 25 to 29. So when you looked at the incidence of the age group from 25 to 29, this is having had one vaccine, the initial vaccine, and then looking at the incidence of myocarditis and pericarditis post-initial inoculation, i.e. you had the vaccine, now you go get a booster. So they were looking at the effect of the booster, and what they found was in the 25 to 29 category, 
there was a doubling of the incidence of myocarditis, pericarditis, i.e. 200% difference between the normal population and a per person that is not normally in that demographic, okay, individual that would not be normally found in a demographic with myocarditis and pericarditis, it doubling. Now you go down to the age group between 21 and 24, that doubled again to 400% increase in the incidence of myocarditis and pericarditis post-initial inoculation when you got the booster. And to add insult to injury, when you went down to the youngest age group that they studied, they didn't go below 16, 16 to 20 in that demographic, it doubled again to 800% increase in myocarditis and pericarditis in a demographic mm -hmm. that rarely ever has this issue. So mm -hmm. it's clearly showing that as each uh, group got younger and younger, the incidence of this induced pathology, this iatrogenically induced yeah. pathology was being doubled mm -hmm. each time you went down to the younger age. And if that's not enough, Robert, people that came back up and said, oh, well, that's not true. It's the uh, COVID because once you get the COVID, right. it's a COVID vaccine that's causing this incidence of myocarditis and pericarditis. The Israelis went back and did another subsequent study, and that study was even more amazing. And it showed 196,992 individuals in a post-COVID test where they, basically these people tested positive for COVID. They were not inoculated. They did not take the vaccination. Mm -hmm. And in this group, they looked at the incidence of myocarditis and pericarditis. If it was induced from the exposure right. to COVID, then you would expect there to be a higher incidence of, of this myocarditis and pericarditis in these people. And to have statistical significance, you need to have an N of 32, meaning you need to have 32 subjects. They had 196,992 subjects in the study. All that got COVID, all that were tested, and all who refused to take the vaccine. And guess what the incidence of myocarditis and pericarditis in those individuals was? I am awaiting that number. Percentage zero, zero compared yeah. to the regular yeah. demographics, no change. It was exactly what you would have expected pre-COVID, Whatever the incident, there was no. Yeah, so again, the lie is that oh, whatever the naturally occurring infection that they would argue for is causing it is completely mooted by that analysis. Completely and I've heard BS. Yeah, Doctor Batar, I've also heard and seen some reports on the type of damage myocarditis that is appearing in these people is different than Absolutely. myocarditis as it was described and identified years prior to these COVID jabs that were you know Absolutely. rare, truly rare or never in kids, but even the, the, how it presents is different. That's right. You're absolutely right. The, the morphological changes on autopsy, what they found, uh, I mean, these fibrin deposits that seem to be self-assembling in, in nature. I mean, just weird types of things, yeah. things that don't naturally occur. Ah, just absolutely incredible. Hey, Dr. Batar, uh, look, you you are developing other ways to get the word out since we talked about the censorship issue. And I know you've been at it for years behind the scenes. And uh, Superdon has linked up in the show notes uh, a new site that you developed that apparently even our friend Sayer G was like, ooh, dude, I wish I had that site. You know, and he just developed his own site too. This is this is like very impressive. And if you aren't aware of this, clickview.com at C-L-I-K-V-I-E-W.com. Superdon is just linked to the particular page that I guess you, you had set up for me. And here are all the interviews that were post the um, uh, 
uh, the Advanced Medicine Conference 2022, I was uh, ushered to a room and you must answer these questions or else. And I did. <laughs> and so you can see me dressed up there. But basically, there are now is now a site called clickview.com without the CK. It's C-L-I-K uh, that Dr. Batar has established that I want you all to know about participate in check out the video links and i don't know super don have you added any other videos to this or is these, these just the ones uh, dr batar's team has put up this, you know? yeah these are the ones that he put up there okay so you haven't uh, uploaded any of our shows or anything yet to that well here's what happened <clears throat> okay. since you asked yeah i'm uh, curious when when sayer g said hey check out this this thing i went over to and i was like oh cool and i created a, a profile and went in there and stuff like that and it wasn't until after that that i realized that dr bizarre has already set up a page yeah so there are a few things that got uploaded to a different uh, account, but this is the official one here that Dr. Batar set up. Oh, here. so we have a second thing that you set up that's different. Yeah, I, I didn't know. I didn't know. <laughs> okay. I just, I jumped the gun there because yeah. I, I went and found it and decided, hey, I'll set one up. And then I found out after the fact that there was one already set up. That explains it because I had remembered yes. you had said like you had done that, but I didn't see it here. So somehow they need to be merged. Okay. Right. Yeah, so, right, so I, let me let me make a let me make a couple of clarifications here, Robert. I wish I could take sure. credit that this was something that I did. Uh, uh -huh. It was actually uh, I am involved with it. I didn't do it, but I have. Uh, let's put it this way: that we know that it's secured. It was actually from an effort, a joint effort by a number of people. Um, they're all comprised of my tap group, uh, the Transforming Abundance Potential into Reality Mindset program that we have. So it was actually uh, all that came together based on my tap group and based on a person, a programmer who has his own company. Uh, he's not U.S.-based. His family was about to get the inoculations. And I had been talking to him for a few months when this is just relatively recently, just this year. And he came full circle to me and told me during a private conversation one day, and this, is, this was not the first or you know, second or third time we'd, we'd been, we'd had a number of conversations and then he drops the bomb on me. He said that, look, I just wanted you to know that my wife saw a video of yours two and a half years ago. And the, the part of the world that they're in, it's about a 70% inoculation rate. And that's actually the 80% of the people have been inoculated there. And uh, he said that we were going to get the vaccine. And then I saw my wife saw the video and insisted that I see your video he watched that video, and it was actually also David Icke's video he had seen. And from there, they made the decision, the conscious, intentional decision not to get vaccinated. They made sure the kids didn't get vaccinated. They made sure that their parents didn't get vaccinated. And now they're seeing people around them dying left, right, and center and realizing mm -hmm. what a uh, yeah. wise decision they'd made. And so during yeah. this conversation, he tells me that I feel that not only have you saved my life but my family's life and i am indebted to you and he had created basically the 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 back end um of what you see it's not it wasn't to the level that it's seen now okay and then with the with the assistance of the tap individuals of which you know there's a lot of doctors actually in tap now too dr northrop is one of the doctors that joined tap a doctor um a group is in there uh, Dr. Artist, uh, there's a number of people, there's a number of people that actually joined TAP. Uh, and some of these people joined unbeknownst to me. I didn't, I had no idea, but TAP mm -hmm. has actually made this come to life. And uh, once people realize what ClickView offers, they will, 
there's nothing like it, Robert. And I'm, I'm of course, biased, but I can show you things that are set up on ClickView to create a manner, uh, to create a method by which content creators can truly get their information out and, and content consumers can really get the information that they desire. This is a site that's actually been made for content creators and for the public. And you would think, well, so is YouTube or so is BitChute or so is you know, all these other channels. They're not. All those channels, okay, I love Mike Adams, but Brideon, BitChute, Rumble, YouTube, Facebook, they are not designed for content creators or for content consumers. They're designed for advertising. They're designed to get the message out for the product sales or whatever other message they are. And the content creation aspect is a vehicle that's being used. That is not how ClickView has been set up. ClickView advertising is the fourth lowest rung on the totem pole and is the, the least important way of generating revenue. It's actually the, the other ones. For example, we have a, um, a bidding component, right, where you can actually auction. Like, Let's say we're doing this call, and you mm -hmm. put it out to your, your followers that, hey, I'm going to Dr. Buttar on. We're going to do a talk, and we're going to discuss uh, pink elephants. And anybody that's interested in pick envelopes, hey, just letting you know, this is going to be one of those things that we'll have up to two, maybe three participants from the audience that can join us. Now, people can actually bid just like an auction, like a mm -hmm. Dutch auction, like eBay, and they can yeah. bid to be among the three people or two people or the one person that'll be live with us. And they get an opportunity to ask us questions live or just if you they, they want to interact with you, you do a Q&A or you want to discuss something very controversial like Roe versus Roy. Whatever you want to do, the point is the public can mm -hmm. engage. Your audience can engage with you, and they can bid. Obviously, if you have a million followers, a million followers can't be on the call with you. But you know, right. before I got to know Dr. Lipton, as an example, right? Doc, yeah. Dr. Bruce Lipton and I have become very close friends. He, he's, he's an incredible person. You've met him numerous times. He came to the first Advanced Medicine Conference, the second one, the third one. He wasn't there at the last one because of uh, an issue with the double booking that was done by his team. And he himself voiced to me, I want to be where you are. I want to be at the yeah. Advanced Medicine Conference. But he wasn't able to come there because of this double booking. But like I was willing, I, Bruce Lipton's work has had a tremendous impact on my clinical um, progression. And mm -hmm. the biology of belief that was actually given to me a copy of that, a bootleg copy of that was given to me by a common friend of ours, Robert, and that mm -hmm. was Alden. Alden Butcher yeah. gave it to me. And um, since then, I've always wanted to meet Bruce, but I haven't had, you know, never was at the right time or place. And in 2018, before our first advanced medicine conference, I became aware of Bruce being at a certain conference. So I called there. The conference was already sold out, but I had spoken at that venue before. So they said that they'd figure out how to get me there. I got there. The cost for me to fly there, you know, $1,000 tickets, whatever it was, uh, staying at the at the conference for four days, because obviously it's a four-day conference and I want to have every opportunity I could to meet with Bruce, you know, figured $300 a night, that's another $1,200, plus the cost of the conference. So it's about a $3,000 investment for the possibility for me to meet Bruce or, or, or to be able to exchange, uh, you know, a few words or maybe even a handshake. Mm. That's what the thought process was. I had no idea that we would meet and hit it off like we did and by the third day of the conference, he's inviting me on stage and, and yeah. allowing me to talk to his audience. And, yeah. you know, the rest is history, how we became friends. But the mm -hmm. point is that that's what I was willing to do. Now, that's what typically 
most people would want to do with their celebrities, with their athletes, with their whoever mm -hmm. they're following, right? To be able to engage with them. Now, here's an opportunity for somebody to engage with you on your audience or somebody to engage with me, with my audience during a video. And it may be, it may cost 50 bucks, 100 bucks, 200, 500. I don't know, whatever it's going to be for, for the bidding opportunity. Because when they get on here with you, they, it's a captive, you know, for, for that's them, a wild, a wild order. premise. I, I've never seen that done before, actually. That's kind of nobody's wild. ever done that before, Robert. Yeah. Nobody. And yeah. this is what I mean that click view has gone to a different level. It, we call it real content for you. We are not here to promote products and sales, even though people can in the pro accounts create, you know, their own little um, e-commerce sites underneath their video section. They can do that. But our mm -hmm. premise is to basically get the real content. There's going to be no censorship. We, we are going to have like, you know, community standards. Like uh, yeah. you, you, you can't, like if somebody wants to de de debate from the left side, we're not going to censor them. We, we just want a fair platform, but there's going to be no violence, no pornography, anything like that. That's going to be tolerated, mm -hmm. but it's going to be an, a, a censorship free platform and people can actually engage on an equal basis, right? That's what we want. So are we going to be able to uh, go live on this platform, ClickView, like we do at, two hours a at, day, six days a week? Well, uh, so there we've got the going live is very uh, resource-intensive and becomes yeah, very, very expensive. Yeah. We are we've already got that all set up, but there's going to be like pro counts set up. So pro counts basically are where it's like a nineteen dollar or thirty-nine dollar or fifty-nine dollar monthly charge. And for that, you get in, uh, incremental increases in ability to go live, uh, ability to, you know, the, the certain components that you get, features that you end up getting. And the reason is, is because, again, we, we're not volunteer-based, we're not donation-based, and we're not advertising-based. So certain things are going to be free for everybody, but then when you go beyond that mm -hmm. uh, for people that have followings and that have businesses like you or I, or most people that have, you know, uh, a significant number of followers, then there will be those pro accounts and we'll be able to go further. One of the things we've just noticed that a lot of people are able to, we have a feature right now that you can not just upload your videos, but you can actually fetch videos from YouTube, mm -hmm. from, you know, Rumble, from uh, Facebook. And these are videos that they put up and then YouTube takes them down. Well, we have a way to actually pull that video from YouTube or from Facebook and it instantaneously puts it on your ClickView channel, whoever's pulling that over. including Dude, Super Don thumbnails. needs to know this. Super Don oh, needs yeah. to know this. Yeah. Including yeah. thumbnails, including tags, including descriptions, including titles. It's instantaneous. Wow. It is that so amazing. amazing. But, yeah. But the, here's the problem. If the original platform takes the video down, then it'll mm -hmm. take, get taken down on ClickView yeah. as well. So I told the programmers, I said, listen, when I was talking with the, 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 the people, the main people that are in control, I said, this is what I want. And they made it happen. And what I told them I wanted was that if they take that video down from the main channel, it does not come down from ClickView. So they've just, wow. they've just enacted that. The problem that we're finding is people are pulling like two-hour, three-hour InfoWars videos from InfoWars and putting it on ClickView, which is fine, but we really want to create original content. So right. we're going to limit the ability to do that to say like a 10-minute video, like a Tucker Carlson video. We want that mm -hmm. because as soon as YouTube takes it down, we still want mm -hmm. it on ClickView. So those types of things, we're, we're just working through them. But sure. to, to answer That's your question, we are going to yeah. be live. Yeah, it so, really is. There's so many uh, cool things that we're doing. Right. Superdon has added the ClickView link in today's notes. 
just so you know. Uh, and it'll take you right to the Robert Scott Bell Show page that you set up. And we'll try and merge that. So how will people access? Do they sign up? Is it free to sign up to be part or follow particular accounts? It's completely free to sign up and follow anybody. It's You actually can, can join yourself. And you, when you join yourself and register, it's completely 100% free. You subscribe to any accounts. You do have to register. It's about 20 seconds to register to be able to leave comments and to be able to subscribe. But that's no different than Facebook or, sure. or YouTube or anything like that. You need your, your, uh, your name and your email address, and that's it. And then you are registered. All right. So it's completely free to do that. But, uh, and it's actually e- completely free to add content, do whatever you want. Now, at certain levels, they are things, the opportunities that start to occur. And um, one of the things that I'm really excited about, Robert, and this is something you need to know, and I'm just going to put it out right now. Uh, this is another way to generate revenue and to grow the site so that people really understand the value of it. So uh, something that we transformed completely, this took like a month and a half. By the way, the official date of launch, all the stuff that I'm talking about, you can go and do it right now, but the official date of launch I'm going to announce it right now because nobody knows. It's 11-11-22, November 11th, 2022. Mm-hmm. So that's coming up in about a month, uh, in a little bit less than a month. And we're going to have all these features. There's an app that's being created and all this other stuff that's happening. But this component that I want to tell you, um, when you, you, get, you get verified and you get your little blue check mark, like in Twitter, uh, when mm-hmm. you've got 1,000 subscribers, you become eligible for that. Pro accounts, if you pay, uh, it'll be less, like at 500. But you have to have still subscribers. But this is something that I wanted them to do, and they've done it. They've made it. So every one of our milestones that we were told, you know, uh, end of uh, 2022, first quarter 2023, we have hit every one of those milestones already. We're either in beta testing now or it's already been done. So this is one of the things I wanted. If I share a video with you, Robert, and I'm, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm saying this stuff on the RSB show because of our nine-year history, okay? I wouldn't be taught. I'm almost talking like, this is just like us doing our normal, you know, routine yeah. thoughts. I haven't said this to any other doing any of my other interviews. So I'm just telling you right now so that your audience knows this and they can start rolling this out before. I still I still have a uh, an allegiance to the original Robert Scott Bell audience because that's where advanced medicine really started. Right. That's right. Well, as well, you should. <laughs> as I should. Exactly. So when you share a video with me, or I share a video with you like on YouTube or Facebook. It's just a video. You know, you watch it. That's it. What we've created is when you go to share a video, so in, as long as you're logged into your account on ClickView, you go share a video by just clicking on the tab and then a little link pop, pops up and you can share it in different places. But when you share that video, that video is not just the video, but it's a link to your channel and the, and the video. They, they can't see that. They just see the video. Now, what happens is as soon as they click on that video to watch it, it creates a cookie on their computer, on their device, mm-hmm. that's going to last for one year. And if that person when that oh, you sent the video to creates their own ClickView mm-hmm. channel, anything in the future that they generate revenue-wise, you as a person who introduced them originally get 1% of their revenue as soon as you hit 1,000 subscribers. So this is another way to support the shows, the, the content that you, that you want to support. In a very Absolutely. easy way. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Absolutely. That's wonderful. Yeah. Another and There's a lot of other to... things that to roll out. Maybe we should do yeah. a show in the future that just talks mm-hmm. about the features 
that we're going to have in ClickView so that anybody that's motivated from a business standpoint or how they can get on top of this oil well that hasn't even sprung yet, uh, mm. they can, you know, th th there's so Excellent. many different opportunities. Excellent. Now, I want to come back to the Advanced Medicine Conference 2020 in San Antonio, Texas. I mentioned as well my uh, dearly departed friend, his last public appearance, basically. Uh, Michael Badnarik was there. I mean, that alone has not been seen yet. And and uh, I, I want everybody to see his final presentation as well, because he stood for, in his lifetime, liberty without uh, a compromise. And, and that just one thing out of many amazing presentations there. So you had said you're making this available at the, uh, you know, incredibly low price because usually what it is, is is much more like one twenty nine ninety nine or something. But there's a special discount code that we're going to make available today for the first time here on the Robert Scott Bell Show as well. Yes, correct. So, so basically, um, there's a couple of uh, announcements that I wanted to make about that. So give me here. I'm just going to make sure that I don't give the wrong access code. Because I want to make sure. And Super Don right has a visual on this he can show. There's the visual. Uh, and it's got the coupon code. Uh, it, hopefully this works. But it's, uh, let me just uh, take out the, uh, let's see if I can remove that. There we go. In an untrusted world, who can you trust? Get 30 plus hours of the most critical, empowering, and practical information from the there. world's top doctors. Arming you with the facts and truth, which means you and your loved ones can't be victimized or ever taken advantage of again. And here's the coupon code. 25% additional 25% off RSB. And I think super Don, is that hyperlinked in the show notes today? That banner we'll have up? a big old banner. Can't miss okay. it. You just scroll down the show notes and it's right there. Now okay. you, people have to remember that they need to make sure they enter that on the, uh, cart as they okay. and the I say, and I just wanted to make sure I was trying to confirm that it said RSB because I wasn't okay. sure if I did it as bell or RSB when I had them make okay. it for you. But, Okay. It is RSB, and uh, just make sure that you put it in when you go to the checkout as you check out. That's, okay. the, that's the way to do it. And, and guys, let me just tell you what that entails. Real you quick have, as we're wrapping up here. Sure. So what this is basically, it's over 20 hours of lecture. It's an additional six hours of video footage that has never been viewed anywhere, which includes all the individual uh, interviews that happen with all the speakers plus three hours of Q&A. So it's over 30 hours of content that's on video, plus 30 hours of that same content in digital download that you can get for your MP3 audio only, plus PDFs of each of the lectures, plus the, the subtitles in 38 different languages. So those are not all completed yet, but they're being put in because we did not want language to be a barrier for anybody. This is critical information the world needs to know, and it gives you the solutions specifically that if you have already had the, the the jab or if you've been dealing with the shedding, you can use this to actually see an improvement. And we've got this already. We've got the results of this already, not only based on historical precedents, not only based on clinical research, but based on anecdotal data and clinical observation, we're seeing the solutions that we're talking about actually working. Beautiful. Well, you guys take advantage of the discount code RSB and links are in the show notes at robertscottbell.com. If you're not already getting the newsletter, uh, text as well, the RSB to 22828. And Dr. Batar, we didn't have time to talk about the Clay Clark event coming up in Branson, Missouri. I'm just still kind of figuring out if I can be there because Clay did invite me. Uh, and beyond that, we've got lots more to do, Rashid, lots well, more if, to do. If, yeah. If uh, Robert's not going to go there, guys, that you're listening, I'm going to be there anyway. 
And uh, I'm prettier than Robert anyway, so just come see Much me, better looking. Much get, better looking, as you can I'm see. I'm trying to get Robert there. I'm trying to get Robert right. there. So Yeah, you are so pretty persuasive. I got to admit. All right, Dr. Batard, do it professional style, not like me, the amateur here, about how do you end the show? I think you might remember. Well, I think that the most powerful words I've heard is that the power to heal is unequivocally yours. All right, heading out to Pittsburgh after the show today. A little bit of a bonus round we get today. Uh, if you were able to yesterday, right after the show, we we uh, did the Synergy Science Sauna webinar uh, with our buddy Paul Bercaro, and hopefully you have access the that in uh, what do you got replay mode. And if you signed up, you can access the replay mode. Super, I'll make sure you have that too. Uh, what a show today heading into the weekend, my friend, between Dr. Richard Fleming and my, I guess you said you were, you were shocked about my intensity today, but that's just where it went. Boy, that open man. Whew. Yeah. You were on I, fire. I, yeah. So if you missed the opening of the show today, 21st October, you, you definitely want to plug into that, uh, and wear your flag jacket, I think. Uh, and then Dr. Batar, good old times with Dr. Batar. I can't believe I said the power to hurl is yours or you interpret it as such. That made me laugh. Hurl, hurl, I was laughing man. through the entire break at that point. I was like, I was man. done, but good stuff. Batar's uh, putting out there and yeah, a really powerful show today. So thank you for that. And thank you all mm -hmm. for being here for, uh, for our weekend. Now here's the question as I'm thinking up out loud about Sunday's broadcast. Once yeah, again, I was going to, I was going to ask you, I am completely out of time. I got to go hit air air flights and get out to Pittsburgh and back. I'm back Saturday night and we got our Sunday radio broadcast. Now we have great content from the week that could be put on that for Sunday or true. So, or yeah, or yeah. Um, I could grab an archive, mm -hmm. uh, especially uh, now that I remembered that we've got archive stuff over on Odyssey. Yeah, that was from our YouTube channel. Um, there's there's some good stuff over there. So, well, that's interesting. Yeah, that's yeah. a new option opportunity. Yeah. Okay, all right. Yeah. You just let me know and let my wife know. We'll get that in the database okay. so we know what played, uh, and that'll be great. Yeah, sounds good. So, uh. <clears throat> Another thing we we have we I, gosh man, mm -hmm. always more stuff for us to talk about. Yeah, uh, coming up on Monday. Um, I I have an opportunity here if we choose to do it. Okay. Uh, to do an interview with uh, uh, somebody I'm probably going to have a man crush on when he gets on the air. <laughs> um, yes. Problem is, is he, he want, one of the things he may want to talk about is is uh, fulvic uh, acid. Okay. But he also has other stuff that he talks about. Because we uh, we just got the fulvic acid, you know, from yeah. touchdown, right? So yeah. Um anybody who's a UFC fan? Uh, We've got some UFC fans. Any there. any amount of time would know who this guy is. So we'll have to decide whether we're gonna he's we well he he will be on, on Monday. Yeah. Um but we do have him booked as well as mm -hmm. uh Connor Boyack from mm. the Libertas Institute. Yeah, that's a name I have heard before.org. Dude, good stuff. <clears throat> and on Tuesday, we've got a psychic paramedic coming on. 
Did we try to have that person on before, or is this the first time? Yeah, this is new. This is new to me. Sarah Grace, psychic mm-hmm. paramedic. Dude, that's like a psychic. Para- what do they do? They like drive around in a psychic ambulance, and you got yeah, you got to tune in for that one. That's for sure. Yeah. Also, Sarah- uh, I got to yeah. remember uh, the Delimini once again from Orange Peel, utilized yeah. as a pest control agent that won't harm your kids or your pets. OrangeGuard.com. Thank you to orangeguard.com. You can get this at your local Ace Hardware, your Whole Foods, or just direct orangeguard.com. And please remember to take a picture when you get the bottle at home uh, with you, preferably, or your patch or your kids, and send it into Superdon, askrsb at gmail.com. We're going to be doing a giveaway at the end of the month, and we're getting close. So that's coming up. Also, our AMA for patron supporters, the 25th of October. That's Tuesday, this coming Tuesday. Uh, and that'll be, uh, what, 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific uh, for the AMA coming up. Yep. And let's see, what else, what else, what else? And if you oh. want to be a part of that, if you're not a Patreon member and you do mm-hmm. want to be a part of that AMA um, yeah. and the ones that we have in the future and have access to all the content from the previous ones and mm-hmm. a whole bunch of other stuff that we've put up there, yeah. you just go click on the the banner at our website. It says Patreon. Mm-hmm. And for as little as four ninety nine a month. Yeah. What a deal. What a bargain. And you guys get more than that in return by even actually measurably uh, with all the stuff we get to give away to you. So thank you for that. Thanks for sharing the show. Uh, Also uh, tomorrow health hut hosting in Pittsburgh or Beaver falls, a wonderful day long health and freedom event. And uh, looking forward to seeing Dr. Jack. And I'm going to see if I can get my buddy Joe Messino in as a, as a personal guest from nutritional frontiers little reunion uh, with Joe tomorrow. Uh, that nice. would be a plan. I'd like that as a plan. Was are great you meeting up with him at all? I mean, regardless, are you going to make a, make the connection with well, him while you're there? You got to understand this trip is so tight in terms of time. Yeah. I, I'm getting in really late tonight, East coast time. And then I got to start early in the morning and do this event. And uh, you know, there's a VIP meeting and everything. So I can hang out with Joe at the event and, and you guys can meet Joe Messino there too. If, if he's able to come, I think he is. And then, uh, Right before it ends, I have to take off and catch the flight to come back. So it's a quick trip if there ever was. Right. Yeah. <sighs> so, um, okay. and, and since we're in bonus round, I want to tell you, um, those of you are still observing this, this show was recorded earlier this morning. You thought it was live the whole time. <laughs> Tricked you. What'd you tell them our, our secret for? Well, they're probably wondering why I didn't do much reference to the chat room during the show that's the oh that's true i guess i wasn't ignoring you it's just that in order for me to catch this flight on time we had to do this show earlier in the day i argued that superdon should have blasted it out as a live show then but people would have been confused he says i think you could handle it so it's recorded and then blasted out of our normal throw me under the bus why don't you yes so just just to prove it to you yes what do you what do you mean yeah is 1108 Pacific time. So right. the the magician has revealed his secret. We, we love to be it candid is. with you guys about how we do this. We let you know how the sausage is made whenever we can. Yes. And yes. I think, I think that's kind of cool, but regardless, dude, today's show. Yeah. Maybe I should do the morning shows more often. It's more intense this morning. Of course, this was after I was out preparing, preparing the greenhouses for winter. Cause we're going to have our first freeze over the weekend. Super Don's going to yeah, lose his waders. 
my plants are not going to survive because I can't even cut. I, I mean, if I built a greenhouse real quick yeah. tomorrow, right. it'd be fine, but I'm not going to be able to do that. So you we're supposed, build to, get, a, we're a supposed to hit house. 19, 19 degrees Sunday morning. Ouch. Ouch. Yep. Oh my gosh. So I'm going to be out harvesting everything that I can. Yeah. Um, off the plants before they bite. Well, the dude, dust. That was, it was fascinating to hear of that click view thing with Dr. Batar. Cause it's a different kind of uh, video format that could help, uh, you know, support our efforts too. I think that, that provides a little bit, something different in that regard. Yeah. So, um, and on that note, uh, I'll, I'll put the call out again. Hmm. If, if anybody would like to be an intern. Yes, please. <laughs> Somebody help. Because I would love to incorporate a, yet another platform into what it is we're doing, but I don't know how I'm going to find the time to do it. Yeah, you um, so there's, maxed out. There's, there's anybody out there, if you've got a son or a daughter or a friend or you, uh, and you've got the time and the enthusiasm to be a part of what it is that we're doing here yeah, and get free training on A to Z, how to yeah. do what it is that, that we do here. Yeah. Um, won't cost you anything but your time. So if you've got the time to invest, if you have aspirations let's say you know yeah you've always wondered what it would be like to be able to learn how to to uh you you know cut video edit video or audio or how to stream on the internet or how to do research and show prep you know and things like how to do websites and work on websites and, and all that kind of stuff you know you'd get all this free as an intern of the robert scott bell show and i want you to think about the stepping stone that it is because we've got it We've got real evidence that just like we talk about going to Trinity school, you can end up having a real career for some of these things. Uh, think about Captain Morgan going way back for those of you who've been with us for a long time. Mm-hmm. She's got her own uh, social media company. That she's been very successful with since, uh, you know, being a, a supporter, co-producer of the show. And then her husband, op-ed went on and has gone on to a, a real career in broadcast media from being on the show as an intern. And, and, you know, we were able to, pony up some support money for him too at a certain point thanks to all of y'all and then uh kevin tuttle yep. our good buddy kevin tuttle who has been extraordinary in doing pr and booking guests has now opened his own pr company spirit pr and he's actually getting hired by a lot of folks good people in our industry and so he's he's now making a living and he was you know un technically not an intern but yet at the same time really donated so much of his time to help us and it's really it's paying off and you know he he's got associate producer billing you know helping us out and what he's done and yep. uh you know i wish and we you had- could too yeah, yeah i mean you know it's one of those things this is, that's what we did with uh, uh op-ed that's what we did with uh with oh come on what's his wife's name captain morgan captain morgan that's right yeah i don't say that much anymore but um they became uh, associate producers and, you know, and they've gone on to careers as well. So absolutely don't discount and, that ability. If you're thinking this is something you might want to do, and, but, and listen, it's not because I want to have more time to sit on my butt and eat bonbons. Uh-uh. Okay. Uh-huh. It's mm-hmm. because, you know I mean? It, it, yeah. It's here. Here's the, the method to the madness here. Mm-hmm. If somebody were doing those things that I'm currently doing, that then frees me up. Yeah. And allows me to be able to then figure out ways to grow and expand the show and our reach, yeah. Yeah. which 
is ultimately what it is we want to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you would be a, an important part of what it is that's going on here. So anyway, all right. long before, story short. Help, please help. Before we wrap up the bonus round in today's full-on show, I, I promised that I would do the question of the day today. I couldn't find a way to fit it in, but we're going to fit it in right now. So it counts. Okay. Okay. You so we'll just jump right post. to it here. The homeopathic question. And this is from Nancy. Hi, Robert and Don. What do the letters and numbers mean on homeopathic medicines? Okay, let's start and stop there for a moment, and then we'll come back to whatever else is going on here from Nancy. All right. Now, there is something called a pharmacopoeia, homeopathic pharmacopoeia of the United States, and there are pharmacopoeias around the world for homeopathy. And they all align in certain things, basic methods of production of homeopathic uh, remedies so that everybody's doing it the same. So it's not just a willy-nilly, I'll just throw it together and call it a homeopathic remedy. These are very specific recipes. And that involves what's known as cereal dilution, S-E-R-I-A-L, cereal dilution, and succussion. Succussion is the shaking, or sometimes it's called the dynamization process. So if we were to do an X-fold step, the Roman numeral X is 10. D also is decimal in Europe. You'll have D and X, and those are equivalent. And that's a 10-fold step of dilution. So you'd have the mother substance diluted by a factor of, you know, uh, basically nine parts uh, water, water, alcohol, one part of the remedy. That's a 10X, or I'm sorry, that's an X step. And and you did that once and shook it 100 times vigorously. Now you have a 1X. You repeat that. You take one part to, again, 10 part, that kind of thing. Repeat it, 2X, 3X, 4. 10X would be one part per 10 billion or D10, if you see in Europe. And so that indicates its potency based on the letter tells you the the step of dilution tenfold or otherwise and the number the the number of times it's been done number of times it's been diluted and of course that includes succussion or dynamization totally uh if you were to do a c fold step c is a hundred fold step and then you can go to m which go you know goes into m and lm you get into thousand fold 50,000 fold steps i mean you're getting into ridiculous levels of, of dilution i don't mean to denigrate them by saying ridiculous i'm just saying well, how about ludicrous and so you realize we are not relying on physical presence although arguably there is nanopharmacology involved in other words there are nanoparticles still re- residual even beyond the number of avogadro but again the number in the letter indicates uh the number that the, the series the steps the number of steps of dilution and succussion and the letter is the uh, rate of dilution, tenfold, hundredfold, et cetera, XC. And I mentioned the Corsicovian potencies or, or dilutions. And that's an interesting thing because it's really hard to say what that is because it's based on cohesion tension theory. That is, uh, the Russian general Korsakov on the battlefields, you know, out, you know, not in a lab setting didn't have the ability to measure pipette exactly one to 10, one to 100 ratios. So when he took the original substance and diluted it, it, he utilized what was still remaining on the glass in it. That was not definitely definitively measured due to cohesion tension. It's clung to the glass and then he would add water or water, alcohol, shake it up for the next level called K Korsakov and then dump that out and then add it again. So every time there's a remaining liquid on the, on the glass itself, that was the remaining level for the next dilution step of a K. And it's a mixture of all dilution levels because there's not a definitive 
uh, one drop per 100, one drop per 10. Super Don, did you drone out? Are you sleeping? Are you snoring at this point? This is why I don't do shows on homeopathy. I lose you. <laughs> it's very dry, uh, you know. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, um, not a lot of ways I can excite that, you know, but yeah, I was answering cool, Nancy's dude. question. That's, yeah. that's pretty awesome. Uh, All right. Tinnitus, tinnitus, we've covered. There yes. are remedies made for tinnitus. I, I've talked also about homeopathic as well as chiropractic and herbal and different things. And I don't have time to go into that at the moment. Um, Nancy says, I know EMFs play a role in this. Yes, they do. She does ethernet wiring on her whole house. Got rid of Wi-Fi. That's great. When you do get a chance to hear the, uh, uh, the, the, I moderated a panel discussion on Wi-Fi EMFs at the health freedom expo. That'll be available at the virtual expo in February. You'll definitely want to be part of that. Uh, she also has a filter for dirty electricity, no dimmer switches, no cordless phones. And Nancy, you're doing great. And I hope that you'll plug into the homeopathic remedies. I don't have time to go into in detail because I got to catch a flight. Anything else? Any other last minute <laughs> announcements at this moment? I don't think so. Okay. I think we're good. So uh, we'll plan on having a cool uh, encore on Sunday. And then you'll be back on Monday. Yeah, back in studio Monday. And in the meantime, I'll see you guys in Pittsburgh area uh, for Health Huts event. And then we have the Red Pill Expo, 12th and 13th. And we have links to get tickets for that. There's virtual. You can watch that online, streaming live as well, or be in presence with us. I hope that you'll plan to be present with us. That'll be amazing. And I'll see if uh, Dr. Batar can convince me somehow to go to Branson, Missouri, in between that for the, for the uh, Clay Clark event. I, I mean, I, I'm like, part of me wants to just stay home and rest. Cause it's been an insane schedule Yeah. because you know, next weekend I'm going to be in Austin, Texas for a film shoot for, uh, Andy Wakefield's next, next, uh, uh, feature film. So I, I'm not, I'm not home. I knew I wasn't going to be home much in October, but it's going <laughs> to extend into November if that's the case. So that's what we're dealing with. I, I'm not asking for violins. Uh, just uh, support in any way you shape or form. Even your prayers are welcome. So what do you got? You're playing the world's tiniest violin? Dude, you, I don't know. I, listen, you, I don't know how you do it. It's, it's no. uh, you're back into the, back into the swing of things here. And Yeah. I'm having to be very careful. You know what you know? you're, you know, dude, I mean, it's like kudos to you for, I mean, you're doing a lot of good by doing this too. You know, yeah. you're reaching a lot of people and you're, mm -hmm. you know, this is, this is what you do. This is who you are. Yeah. And if we get enough support, you mentioned that there was a cool board that Pastor Greg Young had at the uh, Health Free Mexico. Oh, yeah. And I really want to get one for me and you. When and you say like, board, people may not you, know what you're talking about, but it's a piece of electronic equipment yeah. that allows us to do cool stuff. And, and Do you have uh, an image of that, what it's called? Because I want to put that out on the handy, Christmas no. wish list. Uh, we you do a search really? for it. I want to show everybody. Yeah, yeah. Because sometimes right. you got to visualize it into reality. And I think that would take the next step because I'm using older technology on the road trips. The audio is not as good as it once was. So I'd really like to improve it and give Super Don the ability to do more in his studio as well. And so this is something that we will put up on the, the wish list for those that are so inclined or somehow support us to, to do this. Uh, I don't yeah. know. I mean, yeah, yeah that but, would be cool. 
It's um, we don't do this much, but I want to put this out there. So go ahead okay. and put the image. Right, up hold on. Here it comes. Here it comes. Here it comes. Here it comes. I'm anxious uh, to remember what it's called even, but it looks really cool. And, and we used it uh, with Pastor Greg's setup. What is this called? Go full screen. Hold on. Okay. Zoom in here. All right. So back over here, full screen. This is called the Roadcaster Pro 2. Okay. Um, and it, I mean, it is R-O-D-E, Roadcaster Pro 2 Integrated Audio Production Studio. And this is what he had, Pastor Greg, and it was awesome. Yep. Now, I don't know. I think this is the one he had. He may have had the first generation one. I'm not quite sure. Okay. But it was, they look similar to each other, but this is the new, the new generation one. And can you show me the, the back connectors? What, what does it have? XLR and, and let's show you the audio. Yeah. This is totally, this is really honestly. Get the image um, that shows the it would be good. Yeah, hold on. I'm getting there. Okay. Uh, th- this is what you would want to use on the road. Look at that. It's got its own separate headphone outs. Nice. Yeah, dude. It's Yeah, this is awesome. And uh, wow. Yeah, this yeah. would this would change things. This would change okay. the equation um, for both of us. Okay. But it's not cheap either. No, it's not. So it's like. Maybe for yeah. somebody it is, and we we're grateful for any support to do that. But I'm just putting it out there. Roadcaster Pro 2 Integrated Audio Production Studio. Yeah. Cool. Thanks, Super D, for doing this that. This would take us to the that. next level for sure. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you for the, indulging us and me and Super D. And thanks, Dr. Batar. Thanks as well to uh, uh, Richard Fleming. He was an amazing guest today. And I don't know, I usually do thank you notes in the uh, chat room, but I'm not here technically right now while you're watching it for the first time. So <laughs> we'll be, we'll be yeah. there in about, in about uh, 40 minutes though. Yeah. Oh, it's already there. Okay. Rep, I got to run. run that. Yeah. I got to run. So you guys can, so you can get prepped for replay. All right. Thanks guys. God bless you. Appreciate you. Uh, see you in Pittsburgh area back in studio Monday. Uh, Super Don's going to have an amazing archive uh, that you might not have heard before for a Sunday broadcast as well. And with that, The power to hurl is definitely yours. (laughs) 